What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Tree Climbers Podcast. Finally, it's been a while. Um, this episode's really awesome. This episode has been long-awaited. Um, me and my friend Wyatt sit here and we talk about just life and deep things and film, cinema, everything to do with the tree world, what his plans are, where he came from, and everything in between. Uh, if you know Wyatt, he's on Instagram. He's Wyatt Spruck. That's Spruckster Tree. Uh, you may know him as uh, the guy who does the triangulator die. Um, if you don't, you should definitely get over to Instagram. Give him a follow. That's uh, Spruckster Tree. Spruckster dot tree. And check his stuff out, man, because he's got a lot going on. He has a lot of big projects coming up in the future that uh, I'll probably be helping showcase, you know, across the internet as I can. Um, but yeah, exciting stuff. Hope you like this episode. Um, if you do, send me a DM, tell me you do, or rate it, or do all those things and stuff, and share it, and play it, and smile, and be happy, and. I love you, and you love me, and everything in between. So, I hope you enjoy it. This meeting is being recorded. Yo, she screamed at you. <laughs> Whoa, that was really aggressive. Got it. That really yeah, was. I... That was a different voice than what I got. Whoa, I fucking... That was... She was, like, real soft with me, and I heard her, like, scream at you. I thought we were, we were in trouble. <laughs> I was afraid. <laughs> Wyatt, what is up, man? Uh, you know, man, I gotta say, life is good. I find myself counting my blessings as Dude, of recently, so. Life is great. So, mm -hmm. you, just for people watching, because we're recording video right now, which is huge, that's a Tree Climbers podcast first. You're the first one to do this, and you're the first one to suggest, well, you're not the first one to suggest it. I just turned other people down, because I just want to see your pretty face. I don't want to see the rest of them. Oh, I'm flattered. You're going to make me blush. <laughs> But uh, yeah, if people who have been following the podcast for a while has been listening, you've heard me hype this guy's video project up, A Love Letter to Arboriculture, which is by far still today, the, but you're going to blush. It is the most influential, best piece of cinema that exists in the tree world today. I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. And that's the old one, dude. I know. You're, you're, you're. You're hyping it up. You're building the new one. I'm so excited. You have no idea yeah. how excited I am for this. You don't even know how many people I sent your story to. Like, yo, it's happening. The new one's getting ready to come out. Fine. I'm, I'm your number one fanboy, dude. Yeah. Oh, dude. You know what? Did I tell you the story? I, I think I started and I didn't finish it. That girl that I met. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, all right, I'll, I'll try to keep that part short. But I met a girl on the internet. Ha, ha, ha. I'm divorced and I'm trying to date. That's hilarious. In your 30s. <laughs> Uh, so it, she dared me basically to do a commentary on a, a pornographic version of the wizard of Oz. Mm -hmm. And she, I was, she's like, you won't do it. And I was like, I will do it. So I did do it. I just made a video. And what I had to do is like rebuy Adobe, you know, and everything and yeah, yeah, yeah. get back into like learning how to edit again. And I made this video in like three hours and I'm like, dude, I filmed it and everything. I'm like, shit, I could just do, go back through all my old footage if I need to film some new stuff, whatever. But I have everything I need to make the thing I've been trying to make for years. Mm -hmm. It's it's footage from my entire career, specifically back like four years ago when I got a good camera. And yeah. it's all just, it's all tying together in this nice cohesive-ish story. And 
it, it's time, you know, I just felt like it's time because I'm like restarting right now, restarting mm -hmm. my life and I needed this and uh, it's just come along at the perfect time. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I met that girl. Mm -hmm. I keep, this is how I tell stories. I just go da -da 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 -da, and then I get lost. Go know? for it, brother. I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm riding that ADD wavelength. I'm, I'm yeah. in it. So yeah, she dared me to do that. I did it. I'm back on the momentum of doing it. And yeah, so I, I'm here trying to do the Instagram thing again. And I might actually try to put some actual effort into trying to promote it because I might want to make some money and not be poor anymore. That would be sick. Being poor sucks, by the way. Are you in your house right now? I am, yeah. I'm in my adult dorm room. This is the lab. That's what <laughs> I call my my dwelling. No, I'm just Dude, you got the lab back, though. That's huge. That's huge. Let's celebrate that for a second. Yeah, man. I, I guess we can lab. talk about that. Yeah. Uh, fucking, I had so much fun building that, and all of a sudden, you know, life happens, and then... I got away from my creative stuff for quite some time and sucked because I think that was the kind of thing that keeps you afloat. A lot of people need that little, whatever. Mine was the lab. It was my little place to escape, but I think I escaped a little too often because yeah. I ended up getting divorced and you, you have to be able to spend time with other people and not just always do your little nerd and out thing. But yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's unfortunate, but mm, I love tree care. It's always been my first love and you so just to recap, you love tree care. You do not love divorce. I, you know, here's the thing, people. <laughs> I know I, I don't say I love divorce, but here's the thing: you've never divorce is never necessarily a bad thing, though. Like, imagine right. if two super happy people just got divorced. Like, they had no reason to. They just got divorced. The reason that we got divorced because things just weren't working out. Well, this this is how that works. Just we had the you know we grew apart, whatever. Right. It's not necessarily such a sad thing. And I had to like, you know, kind of crash and burn after the whole thing. And then, mm -hmm. you know, kind of Phoenix or whatever the fuck you call that. I, but, I get it, man, dude. I've, I've been there as well. Yeah. So it, live and learn, I guess, it, it, as a, as expensive and abysmally horrible. That all experience was. Uh, <laughs> it's the most, most traumatic thing you'll go through. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that happened, man. The whole lit litany of things, but the, Look at me now, bitch. <laughs> I mean, I have back like, in the lab, dude. <laughs> at least I have that, and that's the thing. This is like ten percent of the things I've I've owned. I had to get rid of most of my stuff, and I like moved to Florida, and I came back, and life is nice and stable now. I have a nice government job. You know, I got my that's MacBook good. Pro. I'm at home editing. I'm all happy, man. Everything's nice. Everything's stable. Everything's good, man. Mm -hmm. Life I is eat. good. I wash you myself occasionally. Now? Oh my god, I eat. Yeah, dude. That's crazy. <laughs> That's why. Yeah, yeah. So, man, you've uh, you've told me you've had some uh, some you've related to some of my problems and stuff like that. And just yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, it's really nice to know that one, you're not alone, but also that there's other people in the community that are willing to talk about it because I think mm -hmm. that's a huge thing right now. Uh, I mean, since the beginning of my, I, I joined in 2012. That was my generation. That kind of like right as SRS was coming up. Me too, and brother. The tech, yeah. So we're in that same little gap, uh, but there's still that like roughneck edge of the the blue collar class where you don't talk about your your issues yeah. and feelings, whatever. And I get it. I mean, we don't have to get into like capitalism and all that. It's not necessarily it. It's just this culture that's driven by um, people who don't want to show weakness. Because yeah. if they do, 
they'll be like either like knocked down a peg or they'll be looked upon differently in terms of their competence or professionalism. And I'm done doing that now. So I'm just gonna be like, hey, I've struggled with alcoholism and I've been through a divorce and I have some legal problems and all sorts of stuff. Like I was on EBT for a little bit, dude. I fucking burnt everything down. And you can you can do that and then you know just kind of like grow it back on up. Yeah. It's all right. You know what I mean? I could yeah, it could have been so be much right. worse because I had a little brush with almost dying a little bit because you know when you stop drinking, you have to go to the hospital if you drink enough a lot because you'll get the uh, delirium's trends or whatever the shakes. Yeah, you can yeah, have yeah. seizures. And so like I was kind of on that edge where I needed to be in there for a few days. And that's when I knew I was like, dude, God, I gotta stop it or it's not gonna go uh, anywhere but south. So, yeah. Yeah. Killing demons, man. Yeah, I'm just trying to numb everything. It doesn't really work. So and given the fact that I think a lot of us, this can be a very traumatic industry to work in, if, if that makes sense. Like you can see yeah. some things that can change you. And I can I can list a half a dozen things right off the bat that experiences I've had at work that changed me fundamentally as a human being. And not necessarily in a good way. Like there were traumatic bad things that, I was, that scare me and I still think about to this day. But uh, I'm, I'm already lost my train of thought on that one. Help me, Levi. Reel it back in. <laughs> well, dude, I mean, I think, I think what you're bringing up as well, uh, I think this is super important because, you know, I've told you that I've shared similar experiences as you, you know, and we've we've really shared on that, and it, it seems like oh, cool, there's somebody else out there. But mm -hmm. what what I see and what I feel, what I know is that like actually, I I think the majority of people in this industry for some reason i think not not to say everybody is but i think a lot of people are drawn to this industry and there's a lot of broken people in this industry there's a lot of like there's a, there's a big hole and and we come to this industry to kind of find a way to fill that hole and it's the perfect balance of being something extreme something nurturing to where we can take care of something and something we can progress in and never stop progressing in because it can take up our headspace and kind of like let us uh i guess slip into i don't want to say fantasy but you know you kind of put all your real world problems aside because what's more important is the job at hand and the safety mm -hmm. of others and the care of the trees and everything and for some reason everybody that i meet I don't know what the, I don't know how to put a finger on what it is exactly, but we all have this same thing. And it, it's not, it's not like passion. Obviously we're all passionate. Like there's something there's, there's like, um, uh, we're all like lost people is kind of what it feels like in the, in the weirdest sense. And, and like, I don't even mean that in like a depressing way. I mean that in like, we're all searching for something here. And I think it's super important to like, for like me and you to have talks like this or even like reaching out to somebody and just talking about it or whatever like because a lot of the times when when you start really digging in to a tree guy's past as cliche as that sounds um you start to find out that it's not just like oh they're just they're you know they're sad or they're depressed it's normally like super something really traumatic and like we're laughing and stuff you know you, you got divorced i'm a single dad ha 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 right like it's like we're making light of it but in reality those things are super traumatic and like i know for me like it's the hardest thing i've ever been through in my life and it really took a toll on my psyche and still does today 
and it has changed me as a person. And I, as I'm sure your divorce has changed you, and I'm sure anybody who's listened to this, the kind that's definitely been through the same thing, you know what that feels like of like being able to like, you know, you kind of want to turn back, but there's nothing there. And like, it's just like, you got to burn and like, keep going and no one's, no one's there to save you from it. So, mm-hmm. and you just got to get back up and go work this super hard job again and like, just keep going. And like, so the, the, like what you said specifically about people trying to brush things off and be like, uh, yeah, this is like, it's, it's not a very masculine thing to show emotion, uh, or to show weakness. I, I agree with you. I think that that is definitely ingrained in the culture. I think that definitely has its place, but I think that we might kind of use that as a crutch a lot of the times and not, uh, we're using that to kind of not share the super hard, nasty, traumatic things that we're going through. Cause in reality, uh, it's hard to talk about for one and two, honestly who really wants to listen to it i mean i know people say like i have a listening ear and whoever wants to talk it's like okay dude but like if your inbox and and your ears really getting filled with everybody's like most traumatic like you're going on to blow your brains out like for lack of a better term so it's like if we can all just openly accept that and just kind of like instead of pretending that like nothing's wrong and like we're all just here to have fun like that's not okay. why we're here. That's not why, at least for me, that's not why I was drawn to tree. Maybe initially that's why I thought I was drawn to tree work, but then I started seeing, I started mirroring and seeing similarities in my peer group, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, you nailed that. Um, I think uh, here's, he, okay. Here's so here to expand on what you're saying. Th- things happen to people. Uh, that's like the, at the, the foundation of it, things happen to people in, in their life. You're, you're raised by certain people. You're around a certain culture environment. It's, it's something that psychologists, everybody in science has talked about for a long time. Like we're all in nature versus nurture or whatever. And we're all individuals. What happens is things happen along the way and it changes how we behave over time. This is all super simple shit. But the reason I say it is because we often forget in these situations, like I'm constantly interacting with the public now because I'm a civil civil servant, I think, working at the park board. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always doing street trees and park trees and stuff. And so when people come up and they're hot and they're angry about something, they're like, you're not doing it right. Da, da, da. Um, you have to have a moment. And, and before you react, instead of reacting, you respond and you go, okay, maybe this person's been burned before. They hired some hack tree service that destroyed some shit. Or the other city crews that were here previously really made the trees not look great. You have to kind of think about it. It's empathy, right? It's the most basic shit. Right. But if you can start with that compassion and that empathy, um, you know, and I, the thing that underpins that whole that whole effort to even wanna explain this to somebody and not just be like, "Fuck off, I'm doing my job, get out of here, lady," mm-hmm. is because we like we love what we do. You know what I mean? So I'm. Like I keep saying this, but like no one's speaking for trees. They can't speak for themselves. If not us, who? Right. You know what I mean? So I, I will gladly with a smile to some person screaming in my face, be like, hey, why are we yelling? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about coded. Like I don't, I'll gladly do that with any person who's, who I can calm down at least. Sometimes you have to walk away. But my point is you got to have some empathy for some people because uh, our industry is a little rough around the edges and not every company or person that is a tree worker is reliable. Yeah. And so that's, I think what, what I'm trying to do, what we're trying to do rather, we are trying to do 
is change that image a little bit because it's not like we're a bunch of soft little uh, whatever, but there's something we're not talking about that's making all of our lives more stressful and traumatic. And uh, it can also get pretty expensive seeing as a lot of the things that happen to us in our lives that change us uh, result in alcoholism, substance abuse, which are all super expensive, yeah. you know? Like me not taking medication that I should be taking. Uh, I often spend money really impulsively. If, if you can't tell by my library of videos of all the freaking mechanical devices I own and ropes, like every other month I was spending money and I just couldn't help myself. But that was me not actively participating in my own treatment and negligently, purposefully avoiding doing the things I know I should do to like be better, be more healthy, to actually take responsibility for this issue that I have. Mm -hmm. So if I can't keep my moods together, I won't keep my marriage together. If I, yeah. you know, and that often leads to, yeah, like hospitals and having to go to detox and all that kind of shit. So I, as tree workers, there's different flavors. There's all sorts of different parts of the industry and everyone has different jobs. And some people tap on iPads all day in a little vest and they're like, this is tree one, two, nine, A, B, this address and some of us are huge dragon slayers and whatever mm -hmm. some of us do rinky dink like hand pruning and apples whatever our phc all right. of it but at the end of the day we're human beings and we needed to start being okay with not being okay i guess I mean, yeah I've heard, I've heard that a little bit lately and i kind of like that it's nice and simple and it makes sense not everybody i've, I've come to work in um in a condition that I shouldn't have, not necessarily under the influence, but like so depressed that I'm just making super dumb, absent-minded decisions. And, yeah. you know, given I had some incidents in the last couple of years and I actually decided, dude, something's wrong. I need to step down. I stepped back from leadership and I said, hey, let me try this photography role for a little bit. I'll help make new leaders, but I'll back off because right now I'm not, I'm not cool with being in charge given the history of the last few years. And so I kind of handed the reins over because I didn't want to be the guy anymore. The, the, right. the stress of it was killing me a little, a little bit. Not like we were working 60 hour OT. It was a very reasonable place I worked, but um, it was just the stress of being the guy and not always being able to match their energy because I wasn't always healthy. Right. And so I didn't know how to open. I mean, I was able to have conversations with them about how to, you know, what's the word, uh, accommodate that. However, it still drastically affected my work performance and I risked a lot of my own safety, other people's private property. Like that's the thing about our job is that it's inherently dangerous when anything's up in the air and there's anything between it and the ground. Somebody has a job involved with making sure that that doesn't hit that somehow. So mm -hmm. you climb on buildings to make sure, you know, like even though like window washy rope access people, like anybody that works at height, there's this thing we have, you know what I mean? And it, yeah. it all connects us and so given the fact that we're kind of drawn to the things that scare us a little bit that includes the things the bad things that have happened to our lives so if we can't at least kind of clue each other in we don't always have to get into specifics and but be like hey man some shit happened in my family recently and right now i'm a little distracted yeah. so nudge me or something like that and say like hey are you good right now or do you need to take five or something like that you know what i mean just make people aware that you're going through something and being okay with telling your crew that yeah so i just talked for a long time now i want you to talk <laughs> no problem no i think you you hit some really good points there uh so in a bit i want to kind of dig in to how you got because you said you started around 2012 i want to kind of dig into that but before we touch on that i want to 
I want to talk about um, what you're bringing up about substance abuse in the industry. Cause mm -hmm. I think, I think that's a really, I didn't know that this is where this conversation was going to go. Obviously nothing's planned like you see, but it's working out. Right. So the substance abuse thing, I think it was really cool. I don't know if you listen to it. If other people listen to it, uh, Jonathan, one of my best friends, Jonathan foot, um, he's got an episode on here and that was a few years ago. I think we did it. And he's like, uh, he, he, he was, he used heroin for a long time. It's been like, I think like probably close to nine years now since he's been sober, but like he really, <clears throat> if you haven't listened to that one, you know, go listen to that one. But he really opened up about his substance abuse and how it affected his career and his life and, and everything. But like that aside, alcohol as well. I abused alcohol for a long time. Um, I didn't, uh, it's it's so unfortunate to hear like like your story and other people's story about having to like go to the hospital. So that's rough. I didn't have to do that. Um, luckily, thank God, um, because I've I've heard some horror stories about you know detoxing from alcohol and stuff. Um, but that one specifically, like heroin, okay, that's rough. Like that's that's you got some you got a big hole in your life somewhere. You're trying to fill. Alcohol is a it's a little bit it's a weird one because it's um. When so I haven't drank as well. I haven't drank in probably over two years. I kicked a bunch of killed a bunch of demons, you know, all at the same time. And that was one of them. Um with that, I will say like like okay, nicotine was one I kind of quit at the same time. That was that was probably the hardest physically that I quit because that sucked. Um but socially and emotionally, drinking was the hardest to quit because Drinking was something that had always been there. It's something that is always there. It's always available. And especially, especially in our industry, any event that we do is surrounded by drinking and anything outside of our event. Yeah. Everybody's like, let's go drink, you know, happy hour. Uh, we got drink tickets. we got free drinks, this and that. Mm -hmm. Everything's free drinks all the time. And brother, let me tell you, when you're trying to quit something like that, now I'm not saying like they're to blame. But man, is that hard? That is that is so hard, and I hate admitting that because that's like that's like it feels like you're admitting admitting weakness in a way. But it's necessary to admit that to know your limits and your boundaries. Um, but what what's so hard about that is realizing one that you have a drinking problem, understanding like why you're you're drinking. Like you're not drinking because it's fun. Yeah, that's probably part of it but like that's not why you're drinking like you're, you're drinking to run from something at least for me it was like to run from like some traumatic problems and emotions that i hadn't dealt with and then like i'll tell you man when i quit um the first expo i had went to all the like after parties and stuff you go to that you know pretty much open tab bars oh yeah oh <laughs> dude like I want to, you know, you want to be with your friends and you want to hang out because that's where the fun is. But man, the second one wasn't so bad because after after about a year of quitting drinking, it all kinds of goes away. You don't even remember what it tastes like anymore. You just kind of go right. But the the first year, I can remember like really being tempted and like thank God for people like Jonathan who was there with me who like was like I'll go with you whatever and I'm like you know 
man, this is rough. And he's like, it'll be fine. Like, we'll, we'll leave if you want to or whatever. And like, I got through it and it was okay. But just, just having somebody there like that, just making sure and not being the opposite influence, which I, I know happens in this industry because I used to be the opposite influence. I used to be the guy like, come on, man, just have a drink. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, brother, that's a hard demon to kill is the drinking one. And especially when we're, when we're kind of tying it into uh the traumatic things we all go through and things that might be hidden from other people like i mean you know firsthand as well like that's that's a debilitating problem that can that can destroy somebody's life if they don't if they don't handle it or get in, get the reins on it and that's like how does that happen you know what i mean like how does that get to that point you know and i, I feel like when we're talking about this and we're making we're kind of shedding light on it I don't know if this is going to solve the issue, but it can't hurt. You know, it's not going to hurt the issue. And in fact, I think it might, uh, it, it may, I don't know, maybe people will go to work tomorrow and have just a little bit of inspiration to kind of speak to the guy that they're working with. Like you're talking about, like saying like, yo, I'm not like in it today. Like my head's not, I'm going through a fucking divorce and like no one knows right <laughs> you know like and th this is the first time your crew's hearing it right mm -hmm. like you know just stuff like that it's just i don't know like don't don't think you're too tough to to talk about it because right it's it's just important you know i mean i can't tell you how many times i've uh, like at least a dozen people i've worked with where um you roll into the shop and you're there in the morning or you're riding in the truck with them and you're like i can smell alcohol right now yeah and i know it's not me now, I'm not going to say that I didn't morning drink to stop the shakes, but when you have it that bad and you have to go work next to power lines or not break somebody's fucking, you know, prize fern conservatory fucking backyard, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you see, so you can't, it's, it's difficult because all of your focus, like one of your body's just fighting this poison that it's not, you're not supposed to put the stuff in you. Right. It, maybe ceremonially occasionally, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because there's some something to it the social lubricant yeah. the, the loosening i get that part of it that's why humans are naturally drawn to want to change their consciousness just like any other mammal specifically but my point is like <clears throat> yeah we're we're a lot of folks just come to work and they have to they have to push through all of us do we have to pay uncle sam we have bills to pay single dad uh pay the lawyer all the shit you know what i mean so it, it, this, you, you're kind of forced. It's like this weird, not indentured servitude, I don't want to say. Again, I'm getting on that like capitalist bullshit thing. I don't want to go on that rant, but I think the tree care industry, I had to get out of the private sector because of it. Because there's a, I think there's less, I'm more open about my mental health issues and my substance abuse problems with the people at the park board that work in government outside of private sector. The culture is just so much different with that. So it's where you're trying to be the top dog in private sector, make the most money, have the best reputation. Everybody respects you. That's cool and everything. And that's fun. But it's it's a long fall from the top one. And two, it's hard to get there and stay there, I think. Right. Because I don't think, the, at least for someone like me, I'm just I mean, maybe I'm not that tough. That's and I'm OK to admit that. But it just wasn't sustainable yeah. to, to be in an environment where I had to pretend like everything was OK and I had to do some like I'm span rigging crazy big fucking shit 
or you know blind picking with the fully fully dressed 275 over some saint paul brick home that i can't touch with any sticks right yeah you know what i mean and it's all really really tense and the stakes are high and it's the same thing the same thing that draws us to the work like that is the same thing that's so terrifying and like people don't belong in trees anymore we don't have the you know like we used to have tails and that's yeah. how we were positioned but now we don't have that because we walk around and we don't really climb anymore because we don't need to we don't have thumbs on our on our little feet but yeah. now we have to replace all that stuff with ropes and whatever to try to emulate what we used to be able to do and I forgot what my fucking point was with that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, buddy. Yeah. I've had a lot of stuff spinning around my head. And uh, anyway, just, just to wrap it up on that one, man. Yeah. I think that's the, the least we can do is have a conversation about it. And I could, I could make this movie. We could have this conversation. I could post this in like a million little clips on, on Instagram. And people could say, okay, go fuck yourself. But if there's two people that actually get something out of it, that's cool. Because yes. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not asking for huge institutional change. I think the, the freest thing we can do because it costs no money and the easiest thing we can do is just talk to each other about some shit. Because right. if we, if we don't, I mean, I was like rotting from the inside out and now I have people I can talk to about it because they're like, Oh yeah, I've been sober for 10 years. And I'm like, what the fuck? What's right. year two like? Cause I'm entering into that soon. Right. Yeah. 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 So, I'm saying, so there's no rant on that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, it's, it's a conversation that need to be had. Um, yeah. so if the people listening have to take a break after <laughs> some pretty heavy, heavy stuff, we just went over, that's fine, but let's just dive right into, um, so you've been doing tree work since 2012, mm -hmm. about your 12th year, you're coming into your 12th year doing tree work. Uh, what, like why did you choose tree work okay i'll try to give you like the shortish to medium version of it mm -hmm. but i went to school in a private school in new jersey mm -hmm. i was studying neuroscience it was going really well i crushed my my freshman year and everything was good hitting the books taking my meds everything was good hell yeah got to sophomore year and i couldn't focus anymore if we rewind to the summertime, I had to get a job because I needed money uh, because I was 18 and alcohol and condoms and all the stuff that you need to be supplied to do the 18-year-old things you do. And so I had to get a job. I did a landscaping gig, and they also happened to have tree work. It was just me and this guy, my old first boss, Ryan. Mm -hmm. And one day, it was my first day ever showing up to a job site, and I pull up to someplace in Northfield. It's kind of like the sticks down south of the metro. Not really the sticks, but it's down south. And the first thing I see when I pull up, park my car, is a crane is in the front yard. And uh, he walks up to it and he's like, hey, when the pieces come down, cut them up. He didn't even say hi. He's like, he's just cut them up and whatever. And then he attached himself to the crane and got floated to the tree in the backyard. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? Like, I don't even know. <laughs> I had no idea that any of this even involved tree. I thought these things made buildings. Why are you getting lifted in there? It was amazing. So I had so many questions. And then after that summer, I was like, I, I couldn't stop thinking about tree work because we did it all summer and I was humping logs and like scraping my knees up and shit and running bobcats and raking. But I didn't really care, dude, because it was, I knew there was something next. And all of a sudden I had to go back to school and I was like, oh, dude, I just don't, the fluorescent lights and the studying and the, I'm constantly hung over and these, these girls that are 
just silly college girl relationship bullshit. I'm just, I'm over it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I came home and I was like, I'm going to start a career, something hands-on because people have talked shit my entire life about the trades. And if you don't get a college degree, you're never going to be happy because you won't have this and that. And I was like, this whole paradigm is fucked because I know for a fact, it's always the fringe stuff. There's those, some people that just, they need a certain specific thing and they find it and then they're a happy, you know, healthy person. And so I found my thing. I'm not going to have to go the normal path. I can, you know, and so um, I decided to get, I lived at home for a while and then I had some like roommates, but by 2014, I was full time at a, like a place trying to start a job job. And what happened was I was kind of like a, I was a younger man. I was a little bit more um, hot headed and a little bit more disagreeable. Uh, very passionate. No way, dude. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like very know-it-all I wasn't very so the first couple of years of my career were really rough and I had to get my ass kicked a bunch of times to get in line but I started at this one company in 2014 and I spent there for eight years and it's been the wildest most incredible beautiful thing ever to have discovered arboriculture not only accidentally but in such an organic way when I really needed something in my life because there was there there was a little bit of a hole because when I was in college, there was no physical part of it. Like I, that's what I loved about science is you can get your hands and stuff like mess with mice and you're talking about brains and opening them up and whatever. And but with tree care, you know, uh, I, I didn't get enough of it there. I, I needed to be outside. I needed to get exercise and I needed to be on a team and learn how to work on a team with somebody like I did in sports in high school because it keeps you stable and healthy. The nine to five life, I mean, ours is like seven to three actually, which is good. It's what I need to stay balanced, I think. And so that eight years I spent and now I'm at the park board, I just joined like three months ago, but that eight years I spent there was life changing and so incredible because I got to work in the Twin Cities metro area and do some of the most beautiful big like elm trees and bur oaks and do these crazy storm jobs. I mean, I've done this, all the opportunities were incredible, but the, uh, I moved on from the private sector as of, um, uh, like a year, early 2022. And I took a year off. I went to Florida and I tried to be in the tree care industry there, but, um, here, just let me show you, I'm going to go get the, the shirt of the yes. place that on the first day i'm gonna go get that and some water so just sick <laughs> you're gonna love this heck yeah oh levi Okay, actually, do you want to hear a story first? Sure, absolutely. <sighs> well, here, I'm going to show you the logo from a distance, and then we'll move in later. But this is what it's called, cutting-edge tree service, okay? Mm -hmm. Actually, here, let's take a closer look. What do, what do we see that looks a little bit wrong with this picture, right? Professional ISA certified on their trucks and shit. Look mm -hmm. at it. Nice. You like dude, that? Dude, not even just one-handed. One-handing the rear handle saw. Isn't That's that... pretty metal. That's pretty metal. And so, yeah, <laughs> your, your boy had this on all day. And uh, I was like, they gave me this shirt. I'm like, oh, this is really great. 
here's the thing, the, the couple things I witnessed that day. One, first thing I do when I walk into their trailer that's an office in some little like class five gravel parking lot behind a, like a garbage, it had like a big thing that smashed up and it didn't smell good. Mm-hmm. Whatever that was. The, the first thing I did, he didn't even say hi, he handed me a joint. They were all smoking. And <laughs> it was like them, their, their lead foreman. Oh my God. And so fucking, we're going to, I was actually there to do sales. And uh, so he gave me like this because I was going to go out in the field and do field work just to kind of get to know the guys and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then he gave me like this double XL polo. So I'm swimming in this like shitty old, this obviously someone had just worn it because it was sweaty and nasty smelling from the day before polo to go do door to door sales in Florida to sell trees. Yeah. I spent the whole day with the crew. I watched them do horrible, happy things. I don't even have to get into that. I think you know exactly the things I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I watched them break stuff, swear at each other, yell at clients, all of it. But the best part is, and I hope I can find it and dig it up in my phone, is I watched one of the groundsmen and one of the climbers wrestle in the front yard of the client's home. That's and, awesome. And it, it, I watched from the back seat of this guy, the sales guy's car, as he's rolling blunts in the front seat. That's not even the best part. Rolling in the front seat. I'm not even kidding. And I'm watching these two dudes, you know, the Southern drow and everything. And they're not fucking cute. They're, they're, they're playfully fighting, but it's starting to get more aggressive. But right. I'm like, super duper professional guys. Right? Good job. <laughs> I'm going to have to blur all that out because it's going to, I'll get like, what is it? Cease and desist letters. I'll get sued or some shit. Yeah. Dude, but, they're too, but, they're too high. They don't know how to do that. <laughs> speaking of high, dude. Yeah. Fucking. So the last job of the day, I only spent one day with them. I couldn't do it. The last job of the day, they attacked on at 6.30 p.m. Oh, this was all dark. one day. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's even better. That's yeah, so it, good. It was a ride. And uh, I, last job of the day, he tacks on. We get to this house. He's like, yeah, go cookaroo this oak. And it's, if I were to do it, it would be some technical shit that would take half of a day. Mm-hmm. Even if I had to one hand assign cut and chuck and everything, it's just it's an oak like this. It just goes do 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 do. Right. It, it's a hand grabbing over this whole house. Mm-hmm. All the windows have plastic and plywood on them. It looks really weird, like abandoned. Yeah. Apparently, what's inside is a cannabis grow operation. Oh. You know, sometimes the wind would blow, and you could see through the plastic like bright lights coming out <laughs> yeah. of there. And it's obviously a grow house. Mm-hmm. And so apparently, the owner had made a deal with this fellow at the grow house. That he could have half a pound if if we do this, <laughs> this trigger rule for him. I love and that this was all in one day. One like, day, that's bro. That's blowing my mind. As it was happening, I was like, dude, just hand me that shit. I'm going to just take the ride and I'm just going to watch what happens. <laughs> it was amazing, man. And uh, I I just watched in awe. I didn't say a thing because there's nothing I can say to these guys that aren't wearing helmets and are yelling at the top of their lungs, racism, uh, obscenities, all of it. Just Dude, Florida is different, bro. It's the armpit of America. And the only person (laughs) I like from there is my mom and Edward Gelman. So yeah, man. That's 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 my career though, summed up in in a way. I just it really took me for a ride knowing that there was another path to life that didn't involve like debt from school and stuff. I'm not talking down about college and stuff either, because I think a lot of people get a lot out of it, but I just didn't want to be assigned to a life because I knew if I was going to go into something that, that was just like, I just want to do it for the money. I was going to be unhappy. 
And right. So- I do that. That is so important. And I think a lot of people are taught that is like to go for the money, pick, pick, pick what you want to do, but only if it's like financially going to make you stable all the time, you Fair. know, like straight out of the gate. That's ridiculous. Do what makes you happy. Like mm-hmm. period. Like don't be a bum. Don't be a jackass. Just do, like do something productive that gives back and like find meaning in that. And like you're golden. Like you're, you're golden. And like you realize, uh, at least I realized, and I, I'm sure you did too. Like there, there's no, like money doesn't really matter. Like as long as the bills are paid and the lights are on, like I'm not thinking about money really. Like maybe I think about something I want to have in the future or whatever, but I'm really thinking about like work and how satisfied I am with it and like what I'm going to do and how I'm going to teach and like, don't get me wrong. More money's good. That's, you know, you, but more money, more problems, right? Like I'm going to have an episode come out here pretty soon. This is, that was a, this is going to be a really bad segue. Cause I don't make bad money right now. This is going to sound like I'm oh, saying good. that I'm making bad money, but I'm getting ready to come out with an episode here soon. I've been promising it for, for my, I just, dude, I, I'm lazy sometimes. So I don't like, I don't, we just talked about that before. Like I get a billion projects going on and I just don't commit but the mm-hmm. uh the episode is basically going to be about like me talking about why i stopped contract climbing mm-hmm. um it, it should be good and hopefully it kind of like clears up some some question because a lot of people have been sending me a lot of messages like ask me why i quit because they want to start and this and that so hopefully that kind of clears that up a little bit but uh just one of the main points you're kind of bringing up is stability is huge and money isn't always like the number one factor because that was the first thing that came to my mind is like contract climbing money's really good it's really really good money i made plenty but like the the trade-off like that's all going to be discussed in the episode but yeah you're i totally get exactly what you're talking about like you got to find meaning in what you're doing and, and like the money will come like you can make whatever you want doing doing tree work like i know people that do consulting that bring in like money that would make you probably puke just by, just by showing up on a state and telling them what to do with their trees you know yeah. like that's it they just they just sell their voice they're not even doing the work they like you know point them in a direction of a tree company to perform the thing but they're literally just showing up and be like yeah do this 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 and this and like charging dumb money for that like Cushy. yeah yeah must be nice right it must be nice, must be nice. <laughs> gosh dude yeah, yeah no i i i am right there with you man there's stability is nice when your bills are paid your mind's a lot clearer but maybe i'm i'm this is i'm just going for it but there's this slippery like ethereal thing about life we like everyone we talk about god and like existence and the universe and all that shit i don't want to get too crazy with that but i'm saying there's like this thing about life that we can't explain but it's special mm-hmm. and when you're doing something you really really love like what we do and you're really in it you get you get that feeling like this yeah. is something bigger than me and uh, i i'm i've you're taking advantage of this opportunity that not a lot of people when they get this call will take it because it's scary. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To, to climb a tree and to have the respect to do it properly. Mm-hmm. That's something that Brian Brock told me at Nyong. He said, uh, if you, you got to have to do this gracefully with respect and it's going to take a long time to get good at it. And that's hard. And anything that's worth doing is, is going to be difficult and it's going to piss you off sometimes. 
And sometimes you're not going to want to do it. And sometimes you're not going to want to think about it. But yeah. you know, at the, at, the, at the end of the day, this is how I knew I loved tree work. I got my ass kicked for two years because not only was I a shitty employee and kind of not a really great person, but uh, I had tr trouble focusing all of it, the, the drinking, all of it. I, uh, I just, I needed, I needed that. Uh, hold on. I got to backtrack one second. I feel like I had something and now it's gone. Help me, Levi. All right. Uh, I don't know where you were gone. So no, actually I was on the, I was on the clip or something. Oh yeah. So if at the end of the day, like every, I got my ass kicked. Like, yeah, there I got it. Found it. Found it. Got it. We're good. It is. Uh, it's hard work, right? And when you're yeah. a young guy and you're 21, you're willing to beat the shit out of your body because you really, really, really want to climb trees because it looks like fun. And every time you have a chainsaw on your hands, you hear Metallica. You know what I mean? Because it's right. It's fucking, my dick feels like this. You have like a second. <laughs> with a chainsaw, it's like having a second dick. I've always said that. But yeah. if at the end of the day, you're all sweating, scratched up, and you know, got buckthorn in your freaking palms and everything hurts and you're all sweaty and bloody and whatever, and then you just take a shower and you have dinner, and all of a sudden, I find myself sitting there doing whatever and kind of go, I wonder I wonder what we're doing tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can't wait. And all of a sudden, I'm like, at night, I'm like, okay, cool. We get to do tree work tomorrow. And my alarm goes off. And I'm like, all right, we're doing the thing. Yeah. Because I have this thing in my life that just tells me where to go. It just pushes me along. Like, I'm on a little canoe, mm -hmm. a little Wyatt canoe. And here's a little Levi canoe. And it just pushes you along the river of life. That's what the tree care industry is to me. And I think it huh. looks like, to me, it looks like it's the same to you. It's something yeah. that's guiding your life in a very beautiful, productive, fulfilling way. Yes. So, okay, that's a good that's a good point that I wanted to also talk about as well. Is So, yes, at the core of my life is arboriculture and climbing. And everything that's associated with that. And what I what I find really, really I see other people do it different ways. Um uh you know, I'm gonna speak on this and I might be talking out of my ass a little bit. But well, I know I know a little bit. And it's it's kind of funny because we were we were talking about this earlier. You you made a story post earlier, and like just to use him as a as an example, Taylor Hamill with his drums and his uh, Okay. Right. So like most people probably know that he's he's in a band you know whatever that's like outside of what he does right that's like a whole right. separate persona but the way that i feel that i've like i've done things i took like all my interests all my passions and like funneled them to like made them fit and I, I think that's what's so beautiful about this industry is like with my like i love writing music i love cinematography i love the photography i love the social aspect i love so many different things like making clothes making this podcast like talking like just creating things and like it's all centered around the same thing and i'm able to take all these different interests of mine and like now i'm not just you know i come from a background of like skateboarding and filming and stuff so like i'm like okay well now i climb trees let's just plug that in here how do we make the tree world like that how do we film lines and trees like how do yeah. we you know do stuff like that and like i don't know it's super interesting for me to watch like people like taylor who are able to and maybe that's good i don't i don't know i'm not saying there's a right or wrong way he kind of separates the two worlds you know and like has that and then he's also a tree guy you know yeah. and i see that all all the time but i think it's really beautiful when people are able to take you know different aspects of things that they like they love 
and like funnel it to this like wide open wild west uh division of the industrial world that exists and because like straight up there's no there's like i don't know i don't know what it is about this it, it, we, we it feels like we're in really creative times right now in our industry um starting like probably about four years ago i would say like stuff really felt like it was really ramping up as far as like there was new things and like new companies and oh your video just cut out i'll pause my rant for a second Are you back? What? Yeah, it's like this meeting's being recorded. I know that's what I asked. <laughs> All right, quick time player. Are we doing it? Yeah, we're doing it. Hell yeah, we're you doing got it. it. Quick time style. All right, we got it. Yeah, what's up? All right, so back into it. The uh, I I kind of lost my train of thought. It's all right. Let I'll just we'll just sit in silence and it's all right. <laughs> no, it's okay. Just let me think. Um, uh, the your creative part of your the industry of the last four years things are blowing up pre pandemic Instagram. Oh yeah, yeah. So, bam. Yeah, I would say probably about four years ago things were really starting to blow up. Like new companies were popping up. That's kind of when I really started posting videos online. You know what I was doing, and uh, just really trying to explore that. There was no real. I mean, there was some right. Like we talked about that with with with. August Haneke obviously was putting out stuff forever. Uh, David Driver and the whole ex Lawrence Schultz, like we were just yeah. talking about that video earlier. And there was a, there was a subculture of those guys really kind of making stuff, but it was still wasn't like what it is today. Like social media at that time for our industry wasn't like blown up like it is like right now. Like we get on Instagram and you can see a billion tree guy videos right now. Oh, yeah. They're kind of like the pioneers, really. Like they kind of set the tone for it, or at least for people like me and you, which mm -hmm. is an interesting way. I, I'm not like, I don't want to say we did like we made the thing, but like, right. like we're in that weird in between stage, like you were talking about. I thought that was super interesting. Cause I've always thought that too. We're, we sit, we sit in a weird spot between old school and new school, whatever that means, you know, like, but we sit right there in between and we have like, we're like, okay, old man, I'm going to figure out the the more efficient way to do this. But like, I have to learn your way too. So then like we learn and like push forward to teach the new generation the more efficient way to do it. But they never got to like taste what it felt like to hump a hump of Blake's, you know, clean to the top of a tree or a taunt line or something like that. And like, <laughs> we're in that, we're, we're like in that, do we're like the doomers of, yeah. of the whole thing. Like we sit right in between, we saw the that crazy progression. So in that, I think we also like in our creativity and our posts and like also being kind of like that in between generational stage of like seeing the boom of social media, the internet as a whole and how it's taken off. We're like, Oh, uh, at least for me, this is kind of what it felt like. It was like, uh, what, like we watched the internet do this for years for everything else. And like, we're like, why isn't it happening here? Why isn't it happening what with what we do? It could totally happen. Is it? It's an extreme sport. It's a whole thing. So then I felt like, at least me and like you and everyone else all over the internet, just all collectively at the same time, which is kind of wild. Started like posting stuff, and then we all started getting inspired by each other. That just fueled more things to yeah. like kind of grow and snowball to now we got like six second short form content like blowing up all over the internet which 
I have gripes about, and at the same time, I don't because it's kind of sick at the same time. I do enjoy making them. It's like a short little blurb that can really action pack and add weird. Like, I think that, <laughs> okay, here, my ADD is kicking in. I'm about to go on six different stems of speech. So, the, <laughs> I think the, the, the coolest part about making like a reel or like a TikTok, I don't make TikToks, I make reels. But the, I think the coolest part about it is like, I don't know if this happens to you when I'm listening to music. Most of the time there is like, and it has been like this my whole life. There's like a verse or like, there is like a six second, like, like, uh, I don't know, like a bass riff in a song is like, just, just hits right. And like the dopamine sector in my brain makes me just roll back like 10 seconds again and again and again. I'm like, Oh God, that part was so good, you know? Yeah. And like making reels and stuff lets me use just that part of that song. And like, mm -hmm. Which that's super cool because like in a full length edit, you could do that, but then you have to think about the beginning, the end and how to like transition to that just one little thing. And then like a lot of times it doesn't fit. So it gets cut, but like oh, in a reel, it doesn't get cut. Like that's the, you get, that is the content. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. That's super exciting for me, but like the, uh, as far as like the content that exists, dude, the, I wish more people film their stuff. I get why they don't. I get why I don't like, cause like we've been talking about the, our, our job is just demanding. It's demanding in a lot of different facets and filming is like the last thing on your mind when you got a <laughs> glass house underneath of you that you can't breathe by and the tree's completely dead. You know, like I'm not thinking about like, Oh, I should probably film this for that part in my video. You know, like, if I do, it's a really rare thing. So unfortunately, at least in my career, a lot of the coolest things that I feel like that I've done has not gotten any documentation or any filming. Right. But I think that that is just a, a correlation of the culture of filming our work doesn't still isn't rooted and it doesn't exist. It's not like it, it somewhat is better now. Like uh, the company I'm working for, we have like, gopros and stuff kind of floating around the office and it's kind of encouraged to film stuff and like just do whatever and you know send them to like our our social or our, uh, sorry our marketing department and stuff and let them do with whatever but like that's that didn't exist like five or six years ago like that wasn't a thing and that's becoming a thing but i feel like once it gets more ingrained and in, like stuff like you're doing like big projects like a love letter to arbor culture like that's that's just going to be like there's not going to be a tree guy in the world that's going to watch those and be like, yeah, why do we even film stuff? That's like, it's like art, it's art. And it's like, man, if you come from like the world of skateboarding and you know, the joy of sitting right before you're about to go, I don't know, hit the streets or go for a sesh or go to a park and watching a skate video and getting so hype out of your mind. Like you might not even have felt like skating that day, but you watch that skate video. Like, and it just puts all the pieces together for you. And like, you're amped, you're ready to go out the door and go skate. Like, that's what, like, that's what I feel like we're all doing with tree videos. Cause like, I watched, like, we were just talking about X, the, the X video that they made. I watched that thing, dude, I get so amped on like, I'm going to give you the fucking, you know how you're saying you have like the one video, Mine, yeah, yeah. this is my 2012 fucking whatever, uh, whatever is a good skate video. I'm trying to think. Or what was a good edit from back in the day from 2020 yeah like uh you know some of like the uh the newer content that would come out 
to inspire you to be a skater. I wasn't in that industry, but I'm assuming that maybe you do. Mm -hmm. But and my point is, I have a video like that. I'm sorry to derail you. I'm going to send it to you, and you're going to be like, I get it now. This is the video that made me want to climb trees. Yeah? Oh, that's but, hype. I remember being in my just hung over in the, in the guest room of my mom's house. I had just gotten back from school. I was sad because I dropped out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't really want to do groundwork in the middle of winter, but I just had to do it. I got a job. <laughs> and I remember seeing in the spring this video and I was like, oh, I don't have to just drag brush. I can climb stuff and yeah. it's a possibility, man. So I found some this whole YouTube niche and there's some great stuff on there, man. So I was inspired just like you. You yeah. stumble upon stuff on the internet and all of a sudden you're just like, whoa, the, the dopamine thing is like, right. just hits you just right. Ugh. It gets you like the best, the best part about the dopamine hit is like when you can't sleep because of it, even though like, you know, you're going to be so tired the next day, but like, you can't stop thinking about it. Like that's, that's what it is for me, man. Like just, and like the worst part is, is like a lot of those projects sit on an external hard drive here in my office and yeah. we'll never see the light of day. Yeah. <laughs> That's so sad, but it's Isn't true. It? Right. Cause like you get the initial, um, what is it? Like the, you, you splurge that creativity out and you're like, all right, that's, that's it. Like I'm done. And then you just pack up and you roll out and it's unfinished. And it's like, yeah, but the whole, like <laughs> you should put it out there. Right. Like, you that's nailed it. that. Right. You nailed that. And that's exactly what I think this is, is, is I'm looking, dude, I have, this is. One the, there it is. There it is. It just, I think the jack is sensitive for some reason. I keep bumping it and it doesn't want to cooperate. Ah. Uh, what the fuck? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. That was stupid. I was trying to show you these hard drives, but like this is two of 12. I just have GoPro footage for yeah. years. And you know what I mean? So it does feel stupid seeing this stack of shit. You know, each of these are like 75. This is like a $100 hard drive. And then all that time I spent making the footage. This is what Love Letter is. It's all the footage I've ever wanted to edit in like a bunch of vignettes and, and a whole story all together. And so, so I've been digging through terabytes and terabytes of it. And dude, you know what you should do is do the same thing. If you see my shit and you're like, oh, dude, I'm going to do my own. Do your love letter. Let's see what yeah, yeah. Love so I, 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 it was, it was kind of during your divorce period. Mm -hmm. We were, you were going through a really rough time. I don't know if you remember, I have a project as my, me paying homage to a love letter and it's called PS Arbor and it's, oh. it still sits in my Adobe Premiere today. It's it's pretty good so far. I'm like picturing it in my head right now. But yeah, that that was like, I still want to make it. I like the same pattern because I I think I think what I loved about a love letter not only was the editing and the filming was sick and the, you could feel the passion behind it, but it was like it made me think like that. It was like yeah i love this like and, and when when i did the when i was like i'm gonna make ps arboriculture as to pay homage to a love letter it was gonna be like like it was obviously like a love letter was your take and your view of like what you loved about this industry and that's what was so cool and i was like man i want to do that but like with what i see like my daily walk and what i find like sick about it and like 
and just continue on like that that dude it's a beautiful idea i love that i absolutely yeah. love it like straight up a love letter to arboriculture anybody listening and for you too i've told you this a thousand times that is the best piece of film that exists in this industry it's like straight up the uh every part of it like the whole sequence of it i'm just going to nerd out a little bit i'm going to make you blush and feel uncomfortable by saying this but i don't care so like there's a section there where uh what song did you use oh it was uh you use something from the life of pablo you also use soul food by uh kenny oh, yeah yeah, yeah. dude that whole section right there like i don't know what it is about it but like and you hit like the uh, it was obviously you were filming kind of in the summertime too that felt like summertime and tree work like it felt good the the yeah. way the song hit and the way that like the cuts were made and there was one transition you had that dude I, this is showing how much of a super fan this is off memory brother this is like off the dome there there was a transition you had where the it was a slide down transition but you like cut out the silhouette of the branch and like the branch like it was a seamless transition oh like man, you would only see it that. if you paused it but like it moved down and it was like you were in the tree like popping a top out of the next okay. thing and then like you would have like uh i don't know man it, dude i love i love it i love it i've watched Very it a cool. thousand times uh however many views it's got 150 of those were probably me that's like, fucking cool okay, yeah well, screeching at social events like you guys need to watch this right now okay <laughs> i loved i love putting that together it's unfortunate what happened because you know you know that it's all like got gaps in it and shit yeah the story behind it is i wanted to do this i did the mm -hmm. same thing i was like i'm gonna take this last eight months all of 2021 and on october 31st i'm gonna publish this love letter basically that's what i i, I didn't have a lot of narration it was just video editing and what happened was life kind of fell apart. We'll just keep it at that. And I kind of got out of creative stuff. I didn't really have the drive to do it anymore. And so I was like, you know what I got to do is just publish this project for now, go into the dark place for a little bit, let it, mm -hmm. let myself, you know, rise up back up again. Cause I know it'll happen. It just might take a while, but, and then I'll come back to it and I'll see that I had made part of this thing of this vision that maybe, maybe it could be something better. And it's like, dude, in the last three weeks, it's like happening. It's like actually happening. I can't, fucking believe it because for the longest like the last six months i mean i had another job in another company and it didn't go well and i actually got fired because i was being stupid and i still wasn't being healthy and making dumb decisions and shit and i have apologies to make about that but anyway uh i'm like living by myself i'm all divorced and shit but i don't think i've ever been this fulfilled in the last three weeks because i got i feel like i have everything back all of a sudden after having lost everything Right. Because, you know, I mean, I love that woman. She was great. But there was things that we couldn't fix. And maybe we were only meant for each other in that temporary part. But this is forever with me. I don't see myself loving anything else. Because even when I'm like sick and injured, I'm still on the internet looking at tree shit and thinking about tree shit and right. about rigging. And it's, it's just all consuming. So, man, it's just, I forget where I was going with that. But, <laughs> well, dude, I mean, like, it's that's that's what i mean it, it definitely shows um I, i'm very well let me just say i'm super stoked that you're back and that a love letter to arboriculture 2 is coming and like i might be the only person there for the screening but brother i'm gonna be there and i'm gonna 
I'm gonna I'm gonna get a projector and I'm gonna put it in my town and I'm gonna I'm gonna show it because yeah, I mean like for real though, your passion really comes through with your work and I can I can see it and it's super it's super inspiring to me. It's well, like good. if if no one else, it's definitely inspired me for sure. Yeah, well I hope so because the reason I make the stuff it's for me. Like at the end of the day, mm -hmm. the stuff is for me. And it's like having watched other people's, specifically like the arborist community and like filmmakers and stuff. It's just kind of all slammed together and it goes through your own little filter and this is what happens when you mix all that together. This is what I mean when I say things happen to people. We're just like a mixture of all the experiences we've had. And then we're not like regurgitating them necessarily, but it's, it's like a nice blend of all these things that have happened to make this individual and how they see the world. So... Mm -hmm. Once in a while, we get amazing artists, and I'm not I'm not putting myself out there. That's not what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is like some people, just the right things happen, and you get people like Vincent Van Gogh, and you yeah. you know amazing musicians like virtuosic virtuosos rather virtuosos that are just really good at you know uh, one instrument or instruments. You know my point. It's just mm -hmm. if that if that's what this does, cool. Like even if it just inspired you and you're the only one that watched it, I'd still make the shit because okay. I, I actually have a section here that I just recorded the narration for this morning. And it's mm -hmm. a, it's like the closing piece. And I talk about how this is why I'm making this. And I admit, I admit in it that this is all, this is selfish. What I'm doing making this is it's not for anybody else but me. I'm sharing it because there may be some shit in here that I think a bunch of people will like, and they want to see the tree stuff and whatever, but mm -hmm. this is for me. It's a big, memorandum a, a little a time capsule to look back on to, to say like dude do you remember how sick you were do you remember how awful things right. were? do you remember this job yeah. do you remember that job do you remember all the things you learned because like right now i'm at the starting line of like this new thing and i have a new opportunity to make life whatever i want it to be and i had that before and i squandered it you know what i mean so it, having the second chance and still being alive at all you know what i mean not in jail and whatever i there's something is weird like i'm saying there's that thing about life that slippery thing we can't quite understand mm -hmm. um maybe i'm supposed to be here for a reason and that sounds arrogant in a way but if you don't think like that if you don't think well maybe there's something more to life than just consuming resources and then becoming worm food you know mm -hmm. what i mean if, if there's something i can contribute to make this place better then i'm going to do that and so that's what i'm going to do i'm going to pour all of everything i have including every piece of footage I have in here. I'm going to sort through it and try yeah. to make something beautiful out of it for, for, for me. Yes. But for the people that maybe just maybe might get something out of it too. Still selfish yeah. though. And I, I, I will admit to that right off the bat. And I don't like to, you know how people will kind of leverage the whole mental health thing on the internet. Like there's a lot of people that their whole page is, that's what it is. It's like mental health mm. tips and whatever. And yes. It, it's kind of, it's, I hate to sound like hipstery about it. It's not like that, but it's mm -hmm. like, it's so mainstream and talked about that. Um, it's kind of losing, uh, we're losing focus of the important parts of why we even talked about it in the first place. People use it to gain followership, you know, and leverage it. Yeah. And that shit makes me sick. And that's it's not disgusting. what this is about. The, the, here's, here's the reason why I'm going to do it mm -hmm. anyway. And why I'm going to like cringe the moment I click publish on the fucking love letter video. Mm -hmm. But, um, I would be remiss to not do it, given the fact that our industry is safety sensitive and knowing what I know now. So knowing that we're all keeping these secrets that are making us uh, more likely to get injured at work, to break things at work, you know, being in these mental states, having these issues outside of work, we're not having conversations. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, if we – I lost it again, dude. Come on, dude. Come on, dude. Come on, dude. Come on, dude. I hate me, man. I hate me sometimes. You're talking about publishing a love letter and why you're going to cringe. Oh, right, because I don't want people to think I'm, I'm, I'm doing that. And actually, I kind of don't care at the same time. It's yeah. not, I don't care if this ever makes money. Like, and it's going to get copyright flagged immediately. Do you have, mm -hmm. you have no idea how many songs, Levi, if yeah. I had to pay these people, I would be fucked forever. I couldn't make <laughs> enough money as a tree guy in lifetimes to pay these people for how much money <laughs> in royalties they need if this ever got millions of views. And I don't right. give a shit. They can take all of it. If this has 100 million views and it's the most popular art film in history, fuck it. Mm -hmm. But I made it because I, I want to make a pretty beautiful thing that right. I can look at and feel proud about. And it was hard to do. I've struggled for weeks with this. And like I had some days where I'm like, I'm gonna throw my MacBook into the fucking garbage disposal right now. Right. You know, tech issues, uh, not necessarily being able to, to get the vision right because the software is like this little layer between you and this yes. vision you have. You know what I mean? Because you're interfacing with this man-made thing, which is good. It's supposed to translate all these things you want to happen. You can't really make physically. <laughs> you know, there's that. there's this layer between you and this beautiful thing you want to make. And it's very frustrating when that layers deepen by issues and problems. And, you know, you're like calling up tech support. And you got to go to the Apple store, fucking Apple store. Dude, <laughs> I know. I feel you on that. Dude, the Apple store period, like their whole scheduling, everything, the everything is so painful. I used to have to, well, I've had to go to them plenty of times because they're breaking your phone inevitably in our yeah. work. And it's like, dude, yeah, you you don't have to tell me. To, like, dude, screw the Apple Store. Yeah, Brandon, nice. you you normally walk out with like a new something. Like they'll just give mm -hmm. you stuff, but like it's the process of getting to like to a person mm -hmm. to be like, hey, yeah, all that stuff you were checking boxes for, like it's still broke, and they're like, all right, here's a new phone. <laughs> 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 yeah, dude. Well, the. It's amazing. Like you, you said, you're an Adobe guy, right? Your premiere. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. it's it's amazing when you start to get into the flow of like how, how layers work and everything. And, and because you use uh, some, what do you say, Reaper? Yeah. I have Ableton, so you know it's it's a similar thing where you have a timeline. There's layers, and you can, mm. you know what I mean, like blend them together somehow. Yes. Yeah, you start to get a hang of that that man-made little layer. That's that whatever apparatus that people software people make so we can take this crazy thing on our brain and make it mm -hmm. a thing you can see on a screen it's amazing dude yeah. like imagine you know I, I have a huge amount of respect for people that just have to sit down to some blank canvas with some like oil paint mm -hmm. and make some shit because i can't do that yeah. like i'm taking but here's what i am do it's like a, i'm like a like a mental mosaic that's the way i see life in a way i just see these flashes and images and little bits and bites of sound and that's what love letter is. It's right. I see life in little vignettes and it's always punctuated by, you know, uh, I, you know, like I'll have a, a scene and then it's punctuated by a quote and the quote means something about the thing that's coming next. Mm -hmm. Like I wrote love letter like that because that's how I experience life in a way. Like when I'm like, so now you're doing a job, you're like there for two hours and then you get in a truck and drive for 20 minutes. Yeah. There's like this weird segmented thing that happens in my brain where like there's a song associated with the feeling and the, the, the clips of the memories. Mm -hmm. And then I remember the period in between and the thoughts and the feelings. And then I'm in this another place. Music and sound and, and what you see, what's left of the memory all together is what I make. 
That's okay. That's awesome. the, it's a mosaic. Yeah. And it, it, I also, I'll, I'll, I'll be the first guy to admit a lot of it's nonsensical sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't necessarily work. I make shitty jokes occasionally, but making this shit um, and doing it freestyle without anybody being like, hey, do that enough? Because I was trying to be the social media guy for a company. And you're going to make sacrifices if you're, look at my fucking room right now. I'm a crazy person. And it's okay. You right. I mean, I could be that guy, but I can't be that guy and like have a sponsorship from like Karant. Right, like, right. I don't think the vigilante um, clandestine lab guy is going to be getting any rope, like safety, anything like that anytime soon. And I don't give a shit. My point is, like, I want to make what I want to make. It's right. like what Rogan talks about. He gets paid by Spotify, but there's very specific rules about mm-hmm. if you're going to give me this money and you're going to own the podcast, you're not going to own this podcast. Okay? Yes, exactly. It's that kind of thing. So I'm not going to be answering to anybody when it comes to making my own shit necessarily. And at the end of the day, it's my reputation, my create a vision, whatever, on the line. And if you don't like it, if you have things to disagree about, make a video. Exactly. And we can talk about it or come yeah. on a podcast. I'll argue with somebody and I don't, it doesn't have to be like toxic or whatever. Like mm-hmm. we can get better if we talk about things. It's exactly. Like, look at us doing this right now. Like how good do you feel right now? I feel so good having this conversation. I feel pretty great. I'm going to sleep like a baby tonight because I got my social interaction. In yeah. And I'll probably eat a little dinner. Get all the dinner. brain dump out all at the same time. And so this is like therapy, dude. If we did this like once a month, we just like had a had a little check in. That would be dope, dude. Let's do it once a month. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna just put it out on YouTube. We'll just make or... a new segment. It'll just be like okay. Wyatt's corner or something. Fuck it, we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. just brainstorm and, uh, fuck, dude, this is really cool. Um, dude, we can do whatever we want, dude. It doesn't. It is. It's, there's no that's rules. What I'm saying. There's no there rules. No rules. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's hard to complain given the access, the awareness, and the technological level of what we're able to do nowadays. Like there's 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 a barrier to entry with some things. However, if you want to make content, you can get a shitty cell phone for a hundred dollars to start filming yeah. stuff and editing it. Yeah. And so I started this this Instagram page with a modest following, right? It got it blew up quickly, but it didn't blow up huge. And that's cool. I mean but I did it with broken cell phones. That's how I made right. all of this stuff. I edited it on a fucking S10. Like if I, it looks like just like this phone with this broke ass screen. Right, right. You know, I filmed everything on it. I dealt with the manual focus that would because the autofocus oh, would work. You know what I mean? I was editing videos and it would constantly crash. But I made like the first love letter, the tiny one. Then I made twenty one on that. And now I have like two monitors and a big, you know, expensive like three thousand dollar MacBook for mm. this shit. And I can't be more thankful because I, I don't know if it's possible for me to be able to make something like I'm making now with anything else. I don't think I could get the ideas to be what they are without right. all this stuff. So like, I almost just want to like kiss the mic and the, and the, I just like, thank you, Steve Jobs. Like for right. making things. it's amazing that people, you know, you see skyscrapers and you're like human beings made that is and nobody talks about it. How amazing it yeah. is as we are as organisms. And like, if we had a little bit more gratitude for, how far we've come. <laughs> you know what I mean, dude? Like, look at where we, not as, like, as a species, but especially in, in arboriculture, man. Like, we used to be freaking barbarians, but there yeah. had to be pioneers. There has yeah. to be a first. So those people, I think, you have to pay some respect to. They might be hacks nowadays, one-handed saws and yeehaw and spitting on people's driveways and shit, but they had, they started and didn't know any better, but they, they paved a trail for us to, to follow, man. So... We are where we are now because somebody 
decided I'm going to climb up that tree and take it down in pieces instead of smashing this dude's barn. Right. You know what I mean? It started with that. It, it, the reason that our job exists is because people and trees have to live together. It's mm-hmm. inevitable. Unless you want to have some like dystopian looking apocalypse society where it's just like, you know, all concrete and there's no trees. You're, 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 there's never escaping any tree. You're never going to escape yeah. trees. You so that's why it works all around us all the time. And it's yeah. like, could, wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. I'm the same exact way, man. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change any, anything at all. It's, it's perfect. The job's perfect. It's all perfect. I, I did want to circle back though, because I thought it was super cool. Yes. You were talking about basically your your workflow and how mm-hmm. you see the things that you're making, like in when you're when you're creating like a video project, and I think that's super cool because I I see it so differently, and I love hearing how people think about stuff. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll tell you how I think about it, and then I got a, a really cool question that I just I just learned about this the other day and it's blown my mind so first how i how i see when i'm when i'm thinking of a video it normally it normally comes from like inspiration from a song mostly uh it doesn't sometimes i'll use that song sometimes i'll use a song like that but what will happen because well so a bit before like i i realized that i was into like cinematography or, or even like graphic designing anything i was I, I, I used to draw like, that's what I went to. I started going to college for before I dropped out of college and thought I was smarter than the system to make more money. How stupid was I? I could be sitting at a desk right now, drawing pictures of dinosaurs, making, <laughs> you know, so, but like I used to draw and my biggest like thing that I would do, like my workflow in that really translates to today is like, I would just put, put some headphones on man. And like, I would listen to music and honestly drawing helped me it sounds so strange helped me experience music because like i would pick an album and i would really feel that album from front to end and i would just keep it on repeat and as i was creating whatever piece i was like my whatever i was drawing would would like be influenced by that album and like i learned to in a weird way kind of like interpret the album through my drawing and so like now like fast forward now i'm like I still draw sometimes, not as much as I used to, obviously, but like with, with film, that's kind of how it goes into my head. I'll be, I'll I'll listen to a song or like I'm listening to an album and I kind of, I picture it like in storyboard, like what does that part of that song feel like? Like, what do I picture myself doing in that? And like in my life, and then I'll see it. And then the next part and the next part. And I like kind of sequence that in my head and I'd be like, how will we bring that back? And like, just and then I would I'll just loop the song back and I'd be like let's see if I let's see if I feel that again because it's not yeah. an ironclad thought and then if if the part sticks I'm like okay that's cool like I feel that in that part of the song and like I write it down I got notebooks full of like ideas of different songs that I want to eventually film but like film for one filming by yourself's pretty tough <laughs> and so I have some ideas around it but like they're not fully flushed out yet and two just takes a lot of time. But like, I don't know, it's super interesting to hear how you like you were taking memories and snapshots of certain quotes and stuff and like you were joining them together. And like, that's that's your workflow to where mine's more of like a interpretation of like another piece and like my my kind of take on it and like a story I want to tell. And this this music here simulates 
the feeling of the thing I'm trying to, the yes. message I'm trying to relay. And it even gets cooler if you write your own song with it. Yes. Then it's like, uh, this is like, this is my message. You know mm. what I mean? Like eventually oh. I want to get to that point. I'm not there yet, but like mm. eventually I would love to, to get to the point where that's happening. But mm. to my next question, this is, this is crazy. I hope you think that this is as crazy as I think. So this has nothing to do with tree work. Okay. Okay. This is uh. so when you think about like the, the calendar year, like the months of the year or even dates. How do you picture that in your head? Oh, like just okay. the month. do you bit like, do you picture it in like a calendar format? Do you picture it like linear? Is it a line? I know what you mean. Mm -hmm. And I'm, this is one other thing I a point to make it about technology. I think this is, I'll show you, I'll show you exactly how I see the calendar year. Just give oh, me yeah. Second. Yep, no, I'll show you. I can show you with my brain because it's replaced the version of it I had before, which I don't remember what it was, but it yeah. looks like this. It's just, you know, oh, there's really? the month. And here's the thing, though. I, I just see the block of February. I know we're there, and there's, right, a little, right. there's a little blurry square where I think we are. Mm -hmm. I always forget the date because I'm like crazy. Yeah, yeah. Person. Yeah, right. But, and I, that's how I see it. I see... Like a couple months will be like a color too because it's winter, so that's like blue. Okay, now that's what, what I'm saying? like dialing. It's in. like yeah. filed away in like a spectrum, yeah. and yeah, so yeah. that's exactly it. And all of a sudden, you have the visions of like the little clips in your head, and then you hear the right music, and it's like they kind of go, yeah, 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 and explode into a thing. And that's exactly what all this is. So How crazy is that? How crazy yeah. is that question right there? Do you know how I see the freaking months? Yeah, tell me about that. Yeah, yeah. So. Dude, I don't even remember where I heard this, but it blew my mind. It blew my mind so much because I was like, I've never thought about this. And I've always just taken it for granted. I, I never thought about it. So like in my head, I guess I just assumed everyone thought about months and dates the same as I did. Sure. This is so weird. I see December and January, right? The end of the year, the beginning of the next. That's they're they're connected. And it goes in like <laughs> that sounds so crazy. I sound like a crazy person saying it goes in like it goes in a circle. It get, like it's like a speedometer, but like the oh. bottom of the speedometer touches, and as you go throughout the year, it goes around the circle, and then you just lap to the next year is the next circle and the next circle, and you just dial back the circle if you're trying to think of dates back in time. But like I see the calendar, like you see the actual calendar, like I see the month, but circling itself. So if I was thinking about us today in February, I picture me on this is this is like this is some Rain Man stuff. But like if I'm like in February, I picture myself here and we're talking about November, I like see across the speedometer to that month and then I okay. go to that month and I can see the dates of that month. Isn't that crazy? What is that? Why I do I know, think man. about it like that? Okay, but that's exactly when you okay think about uh, an operating system on a computer. Anyway, like mm -hmm. so, when I do this double screen thing, it's like you have a virtual desktop and another one and shit. Human mm -hmm. beings' brains are a lot like that. I think where we, uh, it, you know, we have like this interface, this way of like having to recall what we think and believe and understand mm -hmm. uh, because we're very visual creatures. But then when we're in our heads, there's like this very crude recording very, very, you know, blurry. Most of us, some people have photographic memories and I wonder what that shit's like, but mm -hmm. most of us have this grainy, just like a couple little clips of what something was like, a little audio clip, you know, like you're fighting with your spouse or right, something, right. one specific fight and there's that one mm -hmm. little thing that's 
it's like a gas station pumps TV soundbite. And right. I'm just like, exactly. You know what I mean? We're, human beings are just like that. We, you know, we experience life in these little, at least I do in these little like clips. I never see the day as this long, like, like full thing. And I've always envied people that do see it as like this. I'm present throughout the whole day mm -hmm. and I'm just here with it. But I see life in these little segments and they're punctuated by stress or, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. And it, 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 what responsibilities that I don't want to do and shit like that. Like today is not one of those days. I woke up and did whatever the fuck I wanted today. And I've been editing for, I've been at this chair in here doing this for hours. And right. it's it, this whole day feels like a whole day. But life, when you have to work, I think that's yeah, yeah. the day. It's the monotony. Work, yeah, yeah. It, life, it, it, you see it in blocks. Yeah. And it, it, it can be very um, jarring because your life constantly changes throughout the day mm -hmm. in, in a way you don't necessarily always want. Anyway. That's a that's a big thought. That's a that's a really big thought because what you're talking about that used to um, that used to depress me a lot. And the and I think the reason why I like tried to create such a eclectic career as far as like running my own business, building it from the ground up, selling it, going to contract climb, just traveling around and doing stuff because like I, I think the monotony kind of scared me because mm -hmm. it was like oh god like my day's not going to feel like I got to do the same thing again and again and again. And the numbers are always going to look the same like that kind of, but like now I don't know. I don't know what happened. Like, I don't, I wouldn't say that it's like, I don't know. I, I think it just happens. Right. I think it happens to everyone. I, I kind of realize like the importance of stability and what role it plays and how it's not, like it's not as monotonous as it seems i'm creating this weird thing in my head that doesn't isn't actually how it is and these people aren't actually super boring they're actually just super stable and that's why they're like ahead in certain aspects of their lives is because they didn't yeah. have to the the they wasn't living for the the chase in the moment in the day and like like they were going to die tomorrow they were actually planning a little bit for their future and so it's like there's real value in those things. I think I'm, as I'm getting older, I'm starting to, to realize, as a, you know, I'm going to turn 30 this year. So mm -hmm. <laughs> like, as I'm, I, I feel like my thirties are now going to be like a whole different experience than my twenties were, you know what I mean? Like, I just, you start to see it like that. It's interesting. Cause like yeah. you'd have told me this five years ago that I would have felt like this. I'd have told you you were nuts and there was no yeah. way there was no, even my whole life, my whole outlook of everything now, like, Five years ago, no way. I'd have, I'd have laughed right in your face. I've yeah. <laughs> been like, "There's no way." Yeah. Like, it's crazy, man. Life's wild. It really is, man. It's just I can't. It, the, the massive shift I've had in mind the last three years, anything can happen, dude. Yeah, and that's the thing. So that's I think why we we ought to, especially you and I, having experienced the things we have in our lives, to really count our blessings every day. Like yeah. most of the time, the thing I hear in my head. When I, you know, I just have those moments, those like quiet little still moments that you have to yourself. You're just on a job site. Like sometimes I got to do traffic and I'll just be chilling and watching my friends do tree work, making sure, oh, hey, what's up, Mrs. Whatever. Mm -hmm. And I just had this moment to myself where I'm like, man, I'm just glad to be alive outside doing tree work right now. Right. Because I could be cooped up inside and I have nothing against jobs like that. It's just what I'm saying is like, I'm not built for that. I can't do it. There's nothing yeah. wrong with it. It is necessary to have those jobs. But there's some of us who just can't fit into that part of the society where we need to, um, you know, change these like kind of uh, these wild parts of ourselves that won't fit into the 
mm -hmm. like comply with the corporate structure. And I, I understand why it exists and why it's necessary to have that in a company. But at the same time, some of us just don't fit in there and we need to find a way to, you know, yeah, be happy. <laughs> well, and dude, I think like, just to kind of segue into this, like, I feel like a huge thing that, I mean, like I talk about it tons in this podcast, so it's no news to anybody like listening to this, uh, but, but like things like competitions, man. And like industry events, like, dude, that's like, I live for those. Like, that's, that's what I live for now is like competitions and stuff. It's like, yeah, work and production and blah, 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 blah. But like, I've done that forever. Like, no, like I got new ventures in life now and I'm trying to accomplish like different things. Like I, I've kind of proven to myself what I could do in those aspects. So it's like, if like, I just feel like the competition sphere and like the family that exists in that sphere and, and the, the culture surrounding it and just the creativity and how it's, it sounds paradoxical because it is like our industry's leaders running a lot of these competitions, unless it's an unsanctioned event like Naomi or something. Um, it's just, it's a wild west, man. Like as far as like being creative and I feel like it's only going to change with time. And if we can get in there and just implement ideas and show ideas, like to me, a competition is for my climbing, whatever you want to call it, uh, my climbs, uh, I feel them as like a way to express myself in a, in a strange way. I love watching people's different styles of climbing, but for me, a competition is a way to like showcase something that I've been working on in the, in the dark, like not mm -hmm. like by myself and like something I'd been practicing or something. I I've learned it to be like that. Obviously it wasn't that way out of the gate. I had to learn all the nerves and everything with competition. But now that I've done, you know, X amount of competitions, the it's just like, okay, I'm in the park training and I'm going to, I'm going to practice this movement and really dial in this movement. That way, when it comes to competition time, I'm going to try that and see if that turns any heads or if that helps me be more efficient in this movement, or even with aerial rescue, I'm going to, I'm going to try this like mode and like, see how it feels and film it and watch it back and see if I was a judge, how would I, how would I think about that? You know, just things like that. It just feels like a new way to express myself in a way, you know, and yeah. it's so fun like it's just so fun and freeing yeah and the whole time you're, you're not thinking about work at all you're not thinking about like all the stress and like uh man i got a removal to go back to on monday like you're not thinking about any of that none of that it's matters so it's like a, it's like a, an inceptive wave inside of what's already your disconnect from the world sure. it's another sure. it's another level down the hole like yeah it's like okay well now i need to disconnect from that <laughs> let uh -huh. me go into the competition sphere that's right yeah you're like way down in it but yeah, yeah man if i could recommend that to anybody that, like those that's where to be at man that's like you want to you want to take your career to the next level and i don't even mean career like do you want to take your productivity i mean your career like your passion and like your real fire for this the whole reason we're talking right now like what we even started doing it for like go to a competition because like at one point in time i was i was going to stop i was going to stop doing this because i didn't know the the world outside of my own small town area and I was just like, it is what it is. I feel like I'm topped out. I feel like I'm not going anywhere. And then I really started venturing outwards. And boy, was I wrong about like a lot of things. Like, and man, did that fire me up. And like, did it, did it show me how endless the learning could actually be? 
And that was like rejuvenating. So it's like, you know, just to keep the stoke alive, to keep that fire alive, just go to the events. It's like, that's a huge one. I feel like that's, that's like one of the biggest things. And like, it's hard to convince companies to kind of get behind their guys going to these events and stuff. Not so much like, I'm not talking about like the expos to where like you can actually get CEUs and credits and stuff like that. They obviously see value in that, but competitions and stuff to where like, uh, does it make us money? You know, like, is it whatever? But it's not even about that. It's about like the morale of your guys. And in fact, they're all going to be better by the end of it. It's only a, it's a win, win, win. So it's like, they're going to be more efficient climbers. They're getting together with some of the world's best people at climbing and everybody's sharing their tricks and watching them showcase it in this beautiful display. And it's going to push them to want to be better and do the stuff in their own time, which is going to turn in the more productive dollars at the end of the day and make them more competent. And that is dude, that is such a marketable thing for a climber to be like, he's a competitive climber. Like he, he wins medals. Like he, he does stuff for, for a salesman to go out and say that that sells jobs. You know what I mean? Like, so there, there is huge value in being a, a competitor that I feel like is not being tapped into by a lot of these companies, honestly, because I've watched it with my own eyes. I've watched it happen multiple times. Even when I was contracting, some of the contractors would be, they'd be like, yeah, uh, this guy here, he's a competitive climber. And the client thought that was sick. They didn't even know what that meant, but they thought it was sick. They're like, what? You do this in your free time? This isn't just your job. You know what I mean? It's it's interesting. That's it. Exactly. We, we touched on this earlier about the blue collar. People kind of look down on it. If you don't have a college degree, you won't be happy thing. Hmm. We, we're at the forefront of a new thing in our industry, right? We're, we're modernizing and we're not like these roughneck we're not like the plumber crack, you know, like the, 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 the typical vision of a blue collar, uneducated person. It's it, this industry really isn't that. And I think what makes us unique is we break away from that, despite the fact that it's a trade that you work with your hands and it's a blue collar skilled trade with no degree really required. But it's so much more than what meets the eye, because people just think trees are big green rocks or something. And you right, can just right. do whatever to them. And. Um, there's the rest in peace. There you are. Hey, apparently this meeting's being recorded. She just wanted <laughs> to let me know really loudly. Hey. Yeah. Well, it's pretty unique because not a lot of the industries get together like our community does. And not only passionately tries to improve the safety culture, but it's like this getting, it's like, uh, you know, you hear about like the juggalos, the dark gathering and people that go to like we fest and the, the van skate tour. Like there's all these yeah, like, yeah. gatherings. And I think North American open masters is just like that. It's like, a, I agree with a you. wandering Mecca of, of all the ultimate tree climbing display of all. It just brings everybody in that they, that the ISA competitions can't necessarily appreciate in the same way. Like Brian Brock is one of those people where he scores a lot of points at these North American independent ones, those things that he scores points on there, he usually turns heads at the competitions and the ISAs, but doesn't score a lot of points for. Yeah. So that's the thing is uh, not a lot of other industries are like this. I think as professionals, we are making our image better, but you know, we're not just a bunch of rednecks going yeehaw, chopping wood. It's, it's not just cutting trees. Like what we really right. do is a, uh, it's an applied science. There's an art to it. There's a craft and 
the best people that I know that do tree work are the ones that love doing it Yeah. at the end of the day. And they just, it's something that's like a part of them and it becomes a part of them because you do it every day and you get those 10,000 hours. And like, I'm permanently changed from tree work from the, like the little numbness I have from the uh, neuropathy in my fingers, from the freezing and thawing in the Minnesota yeah. winters to, you know, all these scars. I have like silky scars everywhere. I have cuts right now. And like, I'm not only okay with them, I'm proud of them, man. Because like, not a lot of people want to even leave their house to go out in the world and, and go face a fear. And we have to do that every day. You yeah. have to go do some crazy shit, especially when you're contract climbing. Like that's your yeah. job. You're, like, you're the crazy shit eliminator guy that yeah. someone else doesn't want to do this and you know how to. So this job is, yeah, I mean, at its core, you really have to love it because to be not into it and then all of a sudden you're 90 feet up and you're span rigging some crazy shit over some valuable thing like we're talking about. And all of a sudden, you're like, is this worth it? You never get to that point unless you're making hella money without right. loving it. I don't think anyone's willing to climb right. up and out on some crazy or like lid lifts up in the air by a crane unless right. it kind of gets you a little, you know, gets your heart beating a little bit. And so it's just different, man. It just hits different. And I don't know, man, if, if I was a younger person and I discovered this, I would have started this at 16 probably right? as a summer job. And then I would have been like, well, I'll just go to Arbor school or whatever the mm -hmm. fuck you can. Yeah. Or just right. go get a job. Because if I had known that it's okay to work with your hands and have a blue collar trade and you could still make decent money, you can work for the government and not be lazy. Like I just joined the park board and everybody thinks about city workers in this really particular way. And in yeah. private sector, it, it's still the common thing and I get it to a certain extent, but these are some of the most vigilant, the talented, exceptionally intelligent people I've ever met. And they love trees more than any other group of people I've ever met. Nobody gives a shit about trees except for us, man. That's just really yeah. at the end of the day, someone's got to do it. And it's not even that it's gotta be the people that really love it. Otherwise we're not going anywhere. We're just going to be cutters. We're just going to be tree cutters. And yeah. It, we're not, we're, it's, it's so much more than that. So I think what you and I are doing right now is helping somehow because we're talking about it because man, not only do we deserve to make more and be, and be treated like it's a, you know, a, a skilled trade, like a real one unionized, all of that. But so apparently that's happening by the way, mm -hmm. that's um, I think it was in November TCIA posted something in one of their magazines talking about our government just, considered like for the first time ever i don't know why it took so long considered our arboriculture as a trade meaning that like there's going to be things in motion it might take years but like there's going to be things passed and put in motion to like i don't know what that means uh, government funding for programs and stuff like that which could be sick right that could be really dope it does mean probably a wave of regulation coming that we've never seen before but it's a trade-off and I think it's a, it's a very necessary one. I, I didn't look too hard. And I remember seeing it and being like, oh my gosh, we're actually considered a trade now. Because like, that's mm -hmm. always been my soapbox to stand on is like, okay, you, why you make a really good point right there. Okay. You know that phrase, uh, you got to keep the grass cut. Yeah. So you can see the snakes. Yep. Our whole industry is held down one by homeowner statistics, the, the yeah. fucking your neighbor dipshit Dave that hits himself off a ladder. Yeah. We, that counts against us. So we look worse and insurance rates go, go up all that stuff. But um, that, yeah, man, like just that image, we, I lost it again, man. I no, it's it. totally fine. That's basically it. No, we just, we can do better. I think our image is, it's really, really badly affected by people that don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And 
they're dragging us down. So I think a good idea would one, yeah, some regulation, cool. It's going to end up costing people money and they're not going to like it. But if we can make sure that the hacks can't get access to people's, Mm -hmm. like you have to have a, you know, there's got to be rules. I don't know how to do this on an institutional level. There's people smarter than me and engineers and whatever the fuck, but like, in order to hire a tree service in a certain county, they have to be ISA certified, for instance. Yeah. Now, you can bullshit your way through an ISA test and then go and do shitty tree work. Mm-hmm. But then, like, what about audits or something like that? You have to, right. That's kind of what CEUs are for. But at the same time, like, who's actually looking to see if your work's Yeah, who's holding you accountable? If we had a peer group, a community that, oh, we all wanted to improve each other, right? Right. So, you know what I mean? So, like, what we're doing is the right thing. And I think over time, those people that suck at this and don't give a shit about it and only see it as an opportunity to, you know, grift people, old people for money, yeah. they're going to phase out. And it's going to be us at the helm. Yeah. And we'll we'll have evolved this beautiful thing. And it's happening now. It's just taking a long time. Yeah. It's just, it's just is how it is. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're totally right. But, like, even with the regulation and stuff, People might like listen to that, like well, us talking right now, and like kind of they they might get a little weary about sure. that. I'm picturing guys like I even work with right now, even listening mm-hmm. to that getting weird. But like, and so like, <laughs> such a bad segue. Let me preface this by saying the company I work for, Cumberland Valley Tree Service, is a wonderful company. I would not be there if it wasn't. But what I'm about to say is kind of tinfoil hat conspiracy level the only people affected by the government stepping in considering our job a trade and putting regulation the only people affected is tree business owners Hmm. not the climber not the arborist not us everything else is good for us everything Hmm. that would come from that is 100 good for me and you the only people that would be affected by that would be the tree business owners and my theory is that the reason that the ball has been dropped on everything from competition to it be considering a trade is because most of these, this is a bold statement I'm about to make. Uh, these like big, you know, TCIA, ISA, all these like bigger organizations that kind of push our industry are funded by tree businesses and we work for tree businesses. So they do what is said by whoever's funding them. I don't know. That's one of my like late night, like going off with some of my buddies, and I'll, I'll talk like that. And I've I promised for years, like I'm gonna do a podcast like that, and I like, put it out. But man, would it like make people uncomfortable listening to that? Especially if they're like listening to it with their boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would be so uncomfortable because you know, from running from everything from running my own business to contracting to seeing how everybody else is running their business to kind of being in like. I don't know, just amongst friend groups and stuff, talking about certain regulations of things and things like that. Like, there, I mean, there's, it's inevitable. Like, it, it funnels to a spot. Like, it's not just happenstance that we are not considered a trade and that we're kind of yeah. kept down per se. I guess yeah. would be the the right way to put that. Yeah. Well, it's up to us, man, as individuals. Like, if you're gonna do a thing. Like, oh, what is that Ron Swanson quote quote from uh, Parks and Rec? He's like, don't half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. Yeah. I think that's how, I mean, this is how I live my life, I guess, is I find a thing, and that's what I've done for the last 12 years, is just dump everything I have into this. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I made a bunch of personal sacrifices for it, but uh, 
there's just this thing in you with some people yeah. they just love this thing that they do and it might be nerdy and weird to some but um it keeps us going man it's just it's and we're being held down too i think i think there's a bunch of improving we can do but as as individuals as professionals this is the, the most we can do is just be really really good at what we do and be the best version of ourselves that we can be really i agree fully and and it's always been like that too it's always been um like so you look at look at every gear distributor and every company making gear and making new devices and stuff and a lot of it's very innovative and it comes from us right like we're out there climbing trying to figure out solutions to problems because that's really our job is like finding solutions to problems that exist right and that's why it scratches the itch but what 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 happens with the um these with the with our industry is everybody is is kept down to a level to where like don't get me wrong on this like don't mistake what i'm what i'm about to say um like everybody's hype over new colorways of of new devices and stuff and we don't get paid money to be buying a rope runner 15 times right. you know what i mean so like that's a that's a novel aspect that like okay like it's cool and i'm a sucker for it too i like to have limited edition colors but in reality if we all like stood up and like pushed a little bit or like like they only give us what we ask for and like the most subliminal way no one really like if we all stopped this is me. I don't know why I'm puking on rope runners right now, like the rope runner pro, because I love it's my favorite device. Right, right. But it's like if we all stop buying rope runner pros tomorrow, they would think of something else. That would have mm -hmm. to be a meeting that happened. Like, yo, what's happening with the rope runner pro? What's the industry saying about it? They only do what we ask them to. So, like, if we're being held down, we're being asked. We're we're asking to be held down. We're like giving it. If like we all stuck together, it was like, no, man, we really want this to be a trade. Like what we were just saying. I'm just reiterating like what we just talked about. It is like oh asking this thing to like we really got to make this happen. Like if we really want like for us and the industry and for like our creative ventures and for these competitions to be successful and stuff like we really got to be about it and like not not worry about what like these bigger organizations, companies, or groups of people say, cause it doesn't matter. And they'll make you feel like it matters, but in reality, they listen to us, you know, that's, yeah. that's the, I don't know. I don't know what other way to put that. I hope that uh, makes sense. Like it does in my head. It's a complicated interplay there with the, the ec economic side of it, like the yeah. incentive. So there's a, a conflict, conflict of interest. That's the hard part, right? Separating the the fact that the industry, it's an industry to make money, to provide a service. But then there's this part of it where you love it and it's it's got art to it. Like not a lot of people make edited videos to music, you know, of, of something that they do. I don't see like mechanics and shit doing that. Not, yeah. not talking shit again, but like right. it's just not something you see. That'd be kind of sick though. Like let's be honest. Right. Someone can make it cinematic. I man. would so watch that. I, watched this <laughs> I bet somebody's already figured it out because it's, it's totally possible with what we have. But yeah, man, it's, it's just <laughs> nothing like it, dude. There's just nothing like it. <clears throat> dude, a mechanic edit would go kind of hard. Yeah, like the, it goes with the ratchet. <laughs> yeah, all sorts of shit. Snore a cam. You got you got trap beats happening to the click yeah, of the yeah. ratchet. Exactly, dude. See, <laughs> you see it, you see it, bro. <laughs> dude, okay, uh, I think we should probably wrap it up, eh? Yeah, I agree. 
I'm tired. We'll do a part two though, eh? Sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're this always is fun. You're fun to talk to, bro. And Thanks, you know, man. one of these days we're gonna have to meet in person because my family actually yeah. lives out east. My uh, like all my aunts and uncles are in Jersey and then upstate New York. And where are you again? I'm in West Virginia. West Virginia. So that's close by. I mean, oh, yeah. dude, I could rent a car and come out. And if I have a camera, then I could be like, Levi, look in this camera. Yeah. Just watch you do tree shit. <laughs> It'll be yeah. great. So, you could follow me and I could finally yeah. get a line filmed through a tree. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Because you need another climber that can do that. <laughs> yes. And that's the thing, too, is like, and like, and the, and the tree to do that in, too. That's something sure. I've like, because like, if you're not having like parallel limbs, a lot of the time in like the same sequence of what you're trying to like, it's, you can't, mm -hmm. I've tried to dude, I've tried to think about uh, flying drones. That's, that's possible. Drone shots are possible in mm -hmm. the tree. It's very delicate though. Like you're, <laughs> you're going to mess up. Like you're going yeah. to, to wreck the drone. Another thing was like, I tried to create this thing where I would have the rope ten behind me on my device, but like three feet back, like I have it tethered to the top of my rope runner pro. So as I collapse it, it's like coming oh, down the rope yeah. with me, but I can't figure out a way to stabilize it correctly. <laughs> I did. I've, I've tried to think of all kinds of different weird things. I know, like that's why I'm all glad we're ideas. talking. Yeah. All yeah. the ideas. Dude, you know what? I got to get Brian in on that because he has some shit that has something kind of to do with that. Mm -hmm. But to be continued. Yeah. Yeah. I had like a, um, I had like a ring and it was, I, I you know, it's just the ring, the rigging mm -hmm. ring. And I was, I was using the outside of it, outside sheet to follow the rope like a track. And I had the, the camera hanging from a tripod that I had whittled around through the hole of the ring to hang below kind of like gimbal style yeah. and try to, yeah. I was trying to balance it to the side. So like I could get the full shot of what was happening and like the idea work in theory, but I need to like, I need to like do more with it. It's a good idea. Yeah. So you, you, did you do what I did? Whereas like, I, I was like, Hey friend from work, grab all your climbing gear. What's mean at this particular time of day. So the lighting's good. And I'm going to film you in this tree. And then you're just like fumbling around with bullshit. <laughs> Cause that's what happened to me a bunch of times. I'm like, I found the perfect tree. I know exactly what I'm going to film. And I'm just like, I can't move a gimbal around from the ground and try right. to film. And like, I'm in the tree and I'm like trying to put my camera on my harness. And I'm like, how the fuck am I supposed to film up here? So another challenge yet to be, you know, another Everest to be climbed. We're we'll going to figure that out because Dude. if we figure that out, that is going to change the nature of climbing videos forever. Well, can it be climbing, climbing collective? You know, those yes. guys, Yep. they're in the forefront of that. I think yeah. they filmed some shit that I'm like, how the fuck? Yeah. I want to meet them really badly, but yeah, man, that it's, it's our thing. We will be fucking, we're going to be filmmakers. That's we're going to be filmmaking. Filmmaker. Dude. Yeah. That's, that's the goal, man. <laughs> traveling around in a van filming stuff you know yeah i'm just gonna yeah just keep this job government job and then like every couple of months just take two weeks off and go see my tree friends heck yeah go film shit and make this youtube channel whatever so That's i'm gonna I'm be one of those stupid people. people now like and subscribe everybody but you gotta play the game a little bit in order to Perfect, get ahead though. so i think i'm gonna have to do that it sucks but yeah like and subscribe it is what it is. Just get somebody else to film, like film somebody else saying that part. Just use that clip in each of the videos. I actually that would be really funny, and I'm right. glad we. Yeah, no, I'll write it down. <laughs> Just get like random people to say it. That would be I great, think, actually. I would love yeah, that. That's how I do ads, probably. If I ever had to do ads, because yeah. I'm like so sarcastic and against doing it, but I know you need to have sponsors to make money. 
I do it super sarcastically and like really, really like I, I try to do it funny, like or have someone else do it because I'm uncomfortable doing it. Yeah, dude, this is how you could do it. This might be a this might be a bit messed up. You could go, you could go to whatever restaurant, and you could promise the waitress a big tip if she filmed that section for you. And yeah, like just, just, like, just yeah, and each video is like a new waitress that just films your ads and your like outros and stuff. And I have to say such, like, yeah. welcome to the lab and all that shit. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. And pro you know, give her a good tip afterwards. But dude, I think that would work. <laughs> this is this is why I am a lot. Dude, I live for this shit. This is fucking awesome. No, that'd be amazing. such like an interesting little wow. thing. Like, what restaurant did you go to to get the next? outro yeah. and ad well, filmed dude well, okay that's a bunch of things in one one it gives me a reason to randomly approach women i don't know to like right maybe kind of try to flirt right, right. So it's an icebreaker nice icebreaker yes yeah two it gets me out of the house and i don't really go to restaurants much but i think if i you know like improve yeah. my culinary palate maybe that would help on the dating front that's and, right you know uh, and being more socially well-rounded and mm -hmm. uh, having the confidence to approach a young lady and be like, hey, will you read this ad? Because I'm too uncomfortable to do it. Exactly. It would be a really funny little clip. I really like your uh, the way you think, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, dude, I think that would work. I, I think that really would well. work. Or, or that other, like, like, if you were like, if that one was like, let's like, let's nix that one. Like, you couldn't get over. The other version you could do might be a little bit cheaper. You could, you could carry on cash and get homeless people to film those segments for you and give them money. Damn, son. That'd be yeah, sick. You're, or crackheads or something. That'd be dope. I'm putting you as an executive producer credit <laughs> somewhere in this film. That would be so sick. You got yeah. some crackheads saying like, like, and subscribe and stuff. That'd Damn, be hard. I I'd have to give them credit too. That would be wonderful. Like this is dirty. They would Mike love that. The they, dude, imagine the next person that sat down with that homeless guy and got to hear the story. He's like, you know, I'm like in the credits of this film for our, that would be such a wild story. That'd be talk about like a whole, a whole thing for them to talk about to somebody with. That'd be the greatest thing ever, dude. The Lord. He's just under a bridge. Tony. Yeah. Like, dude, the Lord. And you could circle back to the same guys sometimes to kind yeah. of like periodically check huh. in. <laughs> I mean, I work in North Minneapolis. It's not uncommon to see, you know, folks like that. They're, mm -hmm. they're kind of talking to themselves and yelling at things that are inanimate. But yeah. they have interesting things to say. And as long as you're not getting accosted by them, they're an interesting, fascinating uh, study of human behavior. And they have lots of good ideas. Some yeah. of them are not so good, yeah. but nonetheless interesting. Yeah, it's you know interesting. I mean? That's the thing. It's like there's, there's character to it now. Tell me more about that. Right. How does it make you're, you feel? Let's well, explore like, that. I think it, I think it's I think it's ethical because you're giving them a small job so like low risk big return you're sure. giving them a job you're giving them a purpose in whatever you're making you're giving them money to sustain whatever they want to food or whatever it's great it's a it's a give and take and you get you know this that. interesting character of a human to be part of the film that like otherwise would just be walked by on the street you know you're given purpose I have so many fucking sticky notes from this conversation, dude. <laughs> this is perfect. No, that's I, I never would have came up with that on my own. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> and nice, too. I didn't see the nice side of it until you explained it. You know? Right. Wow. That's the one, dude. That's that's how you do it. That's how you... That could be your signature. When somebody was like, Yo, you ever <laughs> see Wyatt's videos? 
And they're like, who's that? <laughs> like, he's the guy that does like the homeless guy outro and stuff. Like, oh, that guy. Like, yeah, the arborist that hangs up. I was sitting there in my tree motion, like, hey, will you read this ad for me? <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna start wearing the lab coat more, I think, because it is you should. It has, it has pockets. It's iconic. It's utility and it's iconic. Sure, mm -hmm. yeah, fucking iconic. Yeah, yeah. seven thousand followers, bro. Iconic. Let's go, baby. <laughs> that's like that's like the equivalent of like two billion in our industry, though. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, you know, uh, what Jacob Rogers, guilty old treason, like that dude, he transcends the industry into like, yeah, no, he's outside. He's like him and, and a few others get outside the industry with followers and stuff. We got like, we got like in, in industry followers, which is cool in its own respect. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Cause it's like, at, we get on the follower ramp with like Zach or Jonathan or somebody. They they like to go wild with it, talking about hashtags and analytics and all that stuff. And I'm like, ah, I just make things. I That's just exactly where I'm at too. Right. I mean, I put the hashtags because I do. I would like people to stumble across it, but I'm not like trying to max out as and ring this out for as much money. I've made no money doing this. Yeah, like really, if that's a Same. testament that I just love doing this shit. It'd be cool to make money. That's like, or get free gear. Oh my fucking god! Right? How awesome would that be? But it's it's about making the thing, and so you know the analytics and whatever. If you're trying to build a business, I get it. But there's some there's like a purity loss there, and I feel mm -hmm. like I'm talking down about other people that are creators. But I'm not saying that they're they're worse off or they're not as good. It's just that I do things differently. I guess some of us do things differently. I don't necessarily need to be compensated for making something like that. I feel the same exact cool, way. Though. Like that's a, that's always the last thought on my mind when I'm like making something, is like the money. Like, and I'm sure. like, who cares if I even make anything from it? Like, I just want to make it. I just want it to exist, and like that's good enough for me. And like inevitably, that might make me some money, but like that's the last thing on my brain. Like, I just want to do stuff that's impactful, like in that aspect, because mm -hmm. it's fun and like it's meaningful, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude. Meaningful. That's it at the end of the day, man. You just want to feel like it all matters. Because if it doesn't, I mean, if it's like a simulation yeah. or some shit, I mean, if everything's predetermined, I don't know. We have a, a bigger hand in the way things turned out than we think. And so, I yeah, it's it. a new lease on life, man. I have a little bit more agency and a little more accountability now. Mm -hmm. And if this isn't a testament to that, you know. I poured a lot of money and time and everything into making all this stuff that I filled these hard drives up with. And I'm finally doing something about it. And it's just like me to put everything all into one thing, but it's just how I am, dude. So mega projects is how I work. I'll do little clips and Instagram photos here and there, but I do. This is what I do. Dude, I so this is building hype. Months. This is like, this is building hype for this. Cause not only am I like, we're building hype. What we should do is when you decide to release it, whenever that is, we should have like a watch party for that. Can we live stream it or something? Yeah, I want to live stream. I want to watch it with you. I want to. Okay. I want to do. We should do that. That would be sick. I will. Let's just make that a plan. Then hold on. I'm just gonna write it down because it's not sticking up. Heard it here first, everyone. Like Kanye, it's like when he has a listening party, except it won't be weird. We don't have to wear his weird ass clothes. Exactly. Yeah. And it'll be on Zoom. And we can we can just we can we can talk and and comment as we go through. I'm that would be so hype, dude. That would be so yeah. high. And I'm sure that would be like fulfilling. I, Cause I'm like picturing myself if I did that. I feel like that would be, if I really something like that, would be super fulfilling for me. I feel like that would be fulfilling for you to like 
get to see genuine reaction of it like the first viewing of it like that's that would a really be, good idea right i didn't think of that that'd be so sick okay so well sick. it's happening yeah i really like because if this is how simple it is it's just recording a screen we just have yeah. to include a couple other people that's it and all i gotta do is click my space bar and just yeah play share shit. your screen and that's that's it i'm down dude well, so i don't know i gotta i think in the next couple re weeks i can wrap it up because i dude even just this morning i found a bunch of gaps that can get filled by the stuff i found you mm -hmm. know what i mean like every day it gets a little bit more polished i yeah. think i have like two more weeks before i know i have to just like you know in curling there's that weird moment where they just have to yeah, yeah, yeah. let it go you yeah. know what i mean that's how it is making stuff there's at a certain point you have to stop hitting it with paint and just put your shit down and go this is from the beginning this is kind of what i wanted it's not exactly what i wanted and it'll never be that way yeah, yeah, yeah. something i just need to let it go and just watch that rock slide like that weird canadian rock game you yeah. know where they slide that shit it's like that feeling, like I know exactly what you're talking about. It's that feeling of like, should I add more to this? Should I go back or should I just stop? And when you have that thought, should I just stop? Just let it go. Like, just put it out there because whatever you're about to do next is going to mm -hmm. take away or add to something that didn't yep. need touched. And like, yep. it is what it is. And that's, right. it's done, you know? Yep. Well, looking at this timeline and like the, I, I guess if you can call it the script, the fuck fucking dozens and dozens of notes some of them don't make any sense that yeah. is this project <laughs> like I, how do i explain this oh buddy <laughs> yeah i lost it <laughs> yeah 80, i get it dude yeah yeah dude it's fucking getting late <laughs> no, i get it dude the freaking i feel like a watch party though would be yeah let's do it super sick and such a good time like that'd be such okay. a good time well what i'll do is okay here's what i'm what i'm up to next i'm trying to get those love letters from other people mm -hmm. either narrations from them or whatever just little those little you know what i'm talking about i have people, yeah, yeah. I want people to write something and then when I get those, that's pretty much the last thing I'm waiting on. I mean, I have all the footage I need for myself. I'm gonna write. Audio. I'm gonna write you. I'm gonna write something tomorrow, and then I'm okay. gonna record you an audio clip as well. You use what you want. Use whatever. That's you want. what I would prefer everybody do. So if they're watching this and they're like, "Hey, I want to do this," and they mm -hmm. watch this podcast in the next couple of weeks or whatever, mm -hmm. submit you reading your thing would be oh, best. Okay. and then the, the, yeah, you reading your thing is. Or just the writing itself. Maybe I'll narrate it. I don't know. But either way, some writing would be good anyway. Anything. But yeah, I like your version of it. That's a good idea. Mm. Or get homeless people to narrate. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> or waitresses. I don't know why I like I this waitress and homeless kick, man. I feel like that's an untapped thing, dude. That's, I mean, a, that's a tool at our, our disposal. No one's using. <laughs> and there's colorful personalities everywhere that's you go. That's right, dude. That's as colorful so, as you get. Like yep. People that get their hands dirty. They got <laughs> stories to tell, you know? They got scars. <laughs> some, some are missing, like, arms and stuff, man. That's that's cool. Yeah, tapping their cigarette. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my gosh. Good times. Well, yeah, man, dude. Uh, so we'll wrap this up. Where can people find you online? I know uh, you've been getting active on on YouTube, man. 
that's that's a sick place to find you yeah i mean the last thing i did was uh, a review of a, a porn video but that's besides <laughs> the point it's not it has nothing to do with what i really like he was do. trying to impress a girl i was trying to impress a girl and you know what i did you know what the, the worst part about this levi here's the ending of the story a week after i did that and i was like dude you've got me all inspired creatively i'm making this thing da, 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 and things were getting good I haven't talked to her in like a week and a half. She just disappeared. <laughs> Fucking gone. I don't know if she's real. I maybe she might, might be real. Probably she not came real. To resurrect my creative career. But she was a she CIA was, implant. She dude. made me a painting. Look at this shit. Yeah. She made you a painting? That's huge. Oh, I'm excited. A painting. That's huge. That's kind of sick. She did this in 15 minutes, she said. And I was like, if you put more work into it, does it get crazier than that? Because this is beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah, that's she really looked cool. up through my Instagram and like figured out the work positioning. That was really sweet. And then poof. So I, I dated a ghost for a week. Dude, watch you find out it's like one of the guys that you work with. Oh, no, Just like, like catfishing you, you. Yeah. But no, like he's like actually in love with you or something. Oh, man. I mean, I might be in love with you. <laughs> <laughs> Get him to narrate some stuff. Oh, dude, I'll have to do the ads and everything. We'll yeah. give him a cut. Hey, this is Squarespace. <laughs> He's just tearing yeah. up. Zip recruiter. <laughs> Fucking, what's that other one where they give you food in the mail? I don't know. That would be the worst one to get homeless people to read. Oh. <laughs> food copy. and oh. mail, too. Like, they oh, don't have so either horrible. of those. Yeah, they'd be like, Hey, what, <laughs> hey, here's some blue apron for doing the ads. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you, dude. How about a tense shit? Uh, uh, God. <laughs> How terrible would that be? Yeah. <laughs> you come read this ad for me. It's everything they don't have. Oh. <laughs> dude, how impactful would that be, though? It might be. It That'd might be huge. What if, the, what if you made the company, like... I don't know. I'm getting off the hypotheticals. I'm off the rails right now. I'm like, let it happen as you're as you're drifting off to sleep and you just take a little stack of post-it notes <laughs> right there. I'm always taking voice notes. I'm I know I'm right there with you. I got one of those minds. They're just like running on the ceilings all the time. Yeah, and I see triangles everywhere. I'm a crazy person. It's okay, dude. Some of us are I'm thinking of thinking of everything at all times. Just yeah, how to make it the how to get the most bang out of it. It's like everything, everywhere, and all at once. Right. So, oh yeah. So, where can people find you online? Okay. Yeah. Well, dude, you and I are bad together. Yeah. We're like <laughs> okay. I'm on Instagram mostly. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm about to be more on YouTube after I finish this project. But yeah, that's like my main thing is, uh, yeah, Instagram. That's just that's my home. I just like the way that things are there. Yeah. With I content agree. creation, because I don't really like Facebook and TikTok. There's some channels in there I don't really like. And Instagram is just pure content. It's just like, it's all about the visuals and people who love the videos. So that's where you can find me. And you can also find me in Minneapolis working for the Park and Recreation Board. Let's go. We're on a board-winning park system, and just it's a wonderful place to work. So come on down. Let me see what you're wearing. Heck yeah. All right? That's awesome, dude. Are you guys hiring right now? Yeah, I think we're going to have another round here coming up soon. That's awesome. It's like, it is like, the dead season right now mm -hmm. it's pretty cool but i guess you guys are mostly like we, we you're like you're like maintenance and stuff right like as far as like the park trees and all that stuff yeah the park trees and then you know the the boulevard we have a lot of like 
big mature elms and then mm. sometimes streets of new lindens and then all sorts of species a lot of coffee trees and Dang. ohio buckeyes little oaks swamp white oaks elms like it's all over the place we have all sorts of trees and so it the situation is definitely very like i've been i've rigged down a really big maple tree over a house mm. and i've used like the clam to pick logs which is something you don't see often at a park board tree but it was an easement tree and they needed somebody to do that mm -hmm. and so we do everything we really Heck, do yeah. we, from planting trees that i don't think we stump grind but anyway it's a good place to work it's full of people that know what they're doing well, that's freaking awesome yeah the um the up there in Minneapolis, your guys's chapter, if I remember right, I could be totally wrong about this. You guys had a lot of people sign up to compete like in the past year or something, right? There was a it year, I think it was like 50 plus people or something like that was competing there. It was a big deal. I think, I don't know if it was the year I was competing, but it was one of those years where someone at the, at the end of it was like, this is a notable year. We've never had this many competitors. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's really cool but it just gets bigger in every year. And that's yeah. why I keep saying the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul, freaking Colby is a mecca for arbor culture. I think yeah. like if anyone's really pushing the industry along, it's of, of all the Midwest places, especially it's well, the people we have here. There's some notable figures, but at the end of the day, there's more progressive companies than anywhere else I could, than I've been. But then again, I've been my little corner of the world. I haven't really done arbor culture outside of Minnesota. So I'm interested to know where the rest of the progressive places are, like the right. places I've been, you know. Hmm. That's super. West Virginia is not super progressive, I would <laughs> say. It's uh, it's kind of backwoods. It's very wild west. Maryland, Maryland's better because Maryland has a um, its own tree expert license. Kind of like, I mean, like it's it's not like the craziest thing in the world, but it's something. And you're not supposed to perform tree work in maryland without one of those so it's right. like and they do have people like really enforce that which is interesting and it's it's good i think it's a good thing um it keeps everybody accountable uh and pennsylvania's okay like it depends on where you're at in pennsylvania it's kind of cutting edge i know down in the carolinas especially like around charlotte north carolina and like all mm -hmm. through north carolina some south carolina there's some cutting edge stuff down there like people are really pushing the envelope with the industry down there there's a huge climbing culture down there especially in Charlotte. Like that's, that's a really big spot. Cool. Um, so pretty much, yeah, all on this coast. I mean, there's like from top to bottom, obviously you see in Florida. So, <laughs> so you get all the extremes from, yeah. you know, all, all the way around. There's a lot of tree work going on, man, in the world. It's kind of cool to think about so different flavors, man. Cause that's the world's right. different everywhere. So yep. it's, and if it's everybody amazing. competed, imagine like the different styles and ideas mm -hmm. that would come from that. That would be amazing. Yeah. 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 But yeah, let's freaking wrap this up, man. Sounds let's, good, uh, buddy. <laughs> tell, the, tell the people bye and that you love them. And yeah, you know, we're going to have you back on soon because this yeah, is man. Welcome to the lab. Uh, yeah. Triangles are cool. And uh, I love you, Levi, man. This has been so fun. I'm so glad you let me do this with you. I appreciate it. Yeah, dude. Of course. All right. Let's, let's stop this. So I hope you enjoyed that. Um, Sitting down with Wyatt was really good. Uh, as you can see, you know, we have a lot to talk about um, creatively. We have a lot, of, a lot of similarities. So I'm excited to see our projects that we create together in the future. Um, like I said at the beginning of this, you can follow Wyatt over on Instagram at Spruxter Tree. That's Spruxter.tree. 
And of course, you can follow me. It's at underscore Trevi, at underscore T-R-E-E-V-I. And that'll keep you up to date with whatever I'm doing in life. And plus, when I upload these, I kind of post them like crazy. Um, But yeah, uh, hope you enjoyed it. And um, I'm hoping to upload more of these throughout the year. But you know the deal. Life gets busy and stuff. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I have plans for more in the future, in the very near future, to upload some more. So keep an eye out for those. And uh, thanks for the support. As always, goodbye.